Hello. Welcome to Dish Knows Nothing. I'm Michael Dishno. Sometimes we'll talk about stuff, and other days we'll talk about things. Some days we're just going to talk about what's on my mind. This is a warning. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you. Welcome. And hello. If you're listening, I'm just going to throw it out there actually to start. I got a guest. Super excited for this episode. Super excited to see what's going to happen. As always, honestly, I feel like I say the same thing over and over for each of my guests of like, super excited to see what's going to happen. But I am. Um, I've actually been sitting on this guest for, for a minute um, this is actually the guest that texted me during another episode and like confirmed and then it didn't happen because of scheduling, which is perfectly fine. Cause I got to bring this up as a, a bit of a, a housekeeping and making mention of the last episode and the bit of a fiasco, not really fiasco for the two people that noticed. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, two weeks ago, put out the episode with me and Juliana, but only half of it or no, a quarter of it posted and, uh, was pointed out and I fixed it the week later but I've been sick. I've, I've been trying to rest and get better. And so there's a lot going on and we're back. So thank you for all the patience I'm trying to, again, stay on a weekly basis, but we're a little bit pushed back and you know what? Just letting it be what it's going to be. And, uh, that's the podcast. That's what this podcast is about. <coughs> I just have a little bit of a cough. So if you hear me wheezing, that's what's up. And, uh, you're gonna have to deal with it, <laughs> but okay. Sorry, this is way too moody, huh? Um, <laughs> my my guest, so he can talk, is... Uh, <laughs> um, I have a guest here. His name is Matt Davies Morris. Hi, everybody. The legend himself. Oh, um, my God. That's so nice. I've been trying to get this guy because of the content we're going to talk about. And um, really, the soonest we could have done it was only like a week and a half ago because of said content that we'll get to <laughs> yeah that we're super stoked to talk about but uh i've been trying to get matt for a while just to talk about like movie reviews and get his his professional take <laughs> yeah. and i'm really excited but there will be time for that let's do it um, and what i say it's, it's moody in here so rearranging um the this here studio put a tv in here and we got the like the yule log it's a wonderful fire <laughs> I've never 4K. seen a better one. Yeah, 4K. 4K. Yeah. High res. I wish, like I was mentioning, I wish I had those like lights that would like flicker the yeah. whole room because that would be way more moody. It's okay. The ambiance of the video alone travels yeah. through every wall. Yeah. If you guys can all feel it. Yeah. <laughs> or or you know what? If if you guys want, while you're listening to this on a on a TV or something, throw up like a, a little fireplace 10 hour loop. We're yeah. not going to go for 10 hours, but... but. If we do, I just mean, in case. or you know, if we go through this whole video, ten hours of f fire. I mean, yeah. here we are. Start a fire too, if you have the means. That's true. Yeah, that'd if be you pretty know solid. How. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn your or house if you down. You don't know how. Burn your house down is what we're saying. Figure it out, <laughs> and then by the end of the episode, you'll either have figured it out or you wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. <laughs> and that—that's a fact. That is true. That's a, that's a that's a perspective of life that I like to see. Some things are, and some things aren't. If absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Matt Davies Morris, this guy, I'm stoked to, stoked he's here. Um, he's been a sponsor, I believe, I have been a sponsor. on another episode. Yes. I, I, okay, full disclosure and like, I don't actually write 
I'm not a good organizer. Me neither. And I don't write down a, a good log of, of like episode information. <laughs> I just started adding the song of the day in the bio when I post it, but I think I have to add sponsors because I forget. Okay. <laughs> not, I don't fully forget who's been a sponsor, but I kind of forget who was the sponsor of an episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like I got to keep track of that stuff. But I've also had this mindset of, you know what? Season one is what it is. That's true. Season two is where I can like pour into those things more maybe. Yeah. And you're experimenting. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love it. You know, it's been fun. But um, before, excuse me. Well, that was, <laughs> I have to burp once in every hey. episode, I suppose. But um, it's a staple. Before, a staple of the genre even. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, before we jump in to sponsors and song of the day and content. Matt, what do you want the people of the internet to know? Just in general? About you, sorry. Oh, about me. Yeah, yeah, not like, hey, you know. I think. Where is the love by Black Eyed Peas message sent out? But like, The discography of Pitbull, the metric system. uh, Oh, I can't remember the name. Sobe Lifewater. You know, things to know about me. Uh, I'm very excited to be here, first thing. I don't think I've ever said it to you. Your intro is wonderful. I remember yes. when I listened to the first episode and I was like, what a great intro. I had a podcast when I was like a teenager Dang. for like a year and uh, not nearly as well produced as yours <laughs> is. Uh, it was pretty rough. Uh, then I got get your take on something before you continue. Okay. I've had people say that I should try a new intro for season two. Mm. What do you think? I don't want to promise I'm going to do it or not do it, but yeah. what's your take? Um, I see the, I don't know if merit is the right word, but I, I get that. And I think ultimately whatever creative direction that you take the show in will be the right creative direction. Mm-hmm. I trust it. Um, I, that's a great question. I don't yeah. know. I think I need to like... N- hear at least a little bit of it i'm really bad at hypotheticals right (laughs) which is rough um because but i i would say go for it i think it's better to try something and be like oh this is this was a really bad idea and then (laughs) that's true and still have the first intro Um, yeah i could try to make something and if i like it better yeah then then roll with with it it. but yeah yeah. or just layer the two of them on top of each other (laughs) And play left ear right ear exactly yeah, yeah. yeah just really <laughs> mess with <laughs> everybody for sure yeah, yeah yeah um and then yeah quick things to know about me uh what uh i'm a sagittarius i am an actor uh i work with the man sitting across from me um i love movies it's probably the one thing i'm a pretty quiet person but if someone gets me talking about movies they'll probably have to ask me to stop <laughs> um and that's the goal here yeah and uh i like breakfast burritos we'll mm. keep with that i had two in like consecutively i had like one for breakfast this week i had one for breakfast and then i didn't realize that i had another the next day <laughs> i and thought you meant breakfast and the lunch oh you no had, like, no no consecutively like, breakfast and the lunch breakfast, i have burritos. had breakfast burrito and then burrito yeah i've yeah. done that um but I where's remember. your favorite breakfast burrito? Oof. 
That's a really good question. Locally. And I'm not saying like... I think... That one place in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> There's a place uh, called The Trough, which I think is a really good mm. breakfast burrito. I add avocado and a breakfast meat, depending on how I'm feeling that day, because they have a couple different kinds. Dang. And it's really good. It's very filling. Yeah. Uh, you you are going to want to take a nap. Oh, yeah. But it's, but it's a good I one. I believe it. Uh, but it's a good one. But yeah, those are some... I guess some quick things to know. Yeah, about me. I got I got to point this out because you know you say actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys can't tell, Matt's done voice acting too. <laughs> I, I think uh, there's some competition for me because I've I've gotten a lot of compliments and I'm I'm a bit I'll admittedly a little bit shocked that like people are like oh your voice is so great for podcasts. You do have a really good voice. Um, there's definitely a reason that I'm trying extra hard right now to make my voice sound extra smoothing. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, Matt's got that voice. It's good. Thanks. You know, so uh, if you guys just like fall asleep from the soothing sound of our voice, but mostly Matt's, that's all right. Yeah. Sweet dreams. Yeah. Just press repeat and get as many plays on this thing as possible. Absolutely. I did do a play once and I walked off and I like exited the stage door and I was talking to people who had seen the show and a random person came up to me and was very nice and said very nice things about the show. And, and, and then she said, you know, you have a really great voice for radio which like mm-hmm. I appreciate it, but I yeah. also, as an actor, sometimes that comment gets taken as an insult, and mm-hmm. I didn't. And I know she didn't mean it, but I remember yeah. being like young and or younger and a little and dumber, and just being yeah. kind of like, "What does that mean? What did you mean by that?" Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, I I appreciate that very much. I as someone who again is very normally quiet, it's nice to know that i have that there is a voice at yeah. the very least yeah no um i've gotten similar compliments like that before and actually i just got one this past week helping a member of the general public as it would be nice um and i helped her out and all that good stuff and this older lady she's like you know you have a really good voice for television which mm. was was interesting because i've heard for radio yeah or like people make the joke you have a face for radio and yeah ugly you know it's just like the insult for sure but the voice for radio i've heard but she said, I got a, a good voice for television. And I was like, okay. Yeah. She's like, she's telling me it's like all soothing and stuff. And I was like, it took everything within me not to be like, Hey, I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Just slowly slide. Yeah. Down. Not that I like want to be that guy. I'm really bad at marketing. If, uh, you know, you guys are listening to this and you also follow me, you, you know, I'm bad at marketing. Okay. Me too. I, I'm, I'm awful. Like I could post, I'd be annoying. Yeah. <clears throat> There's absolutely no method to it though that I follow that I'm like, oh, here's the organization of like when I'm going to post and post this. It's just like, hey guys, listen to my podcast today. <laughs> it Even if you organize it, it's hard yeah. to know. I, I, I put out a short film once when I was like a senior in high school or freshman in college and it exploded and it got like 100,000 views. Wow. And we were all like stoked about it. And so we decided that we would try to do like a, like a, like crowdfund a series like mm-hmm. a quick like mini series about it and we had crowdfunded before and had like moderate success yeah and then we launched it and we had like marketed it and like figured like put a plan out it got zero donations Oof. it did not make a single dollar and we just quietly put it away, it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah and i actually don't think i've brought it up until oh, man until right now yeah yeah it's all right now i feel that i i think uh 
it's that similar thing. I mean, I have all these different weird endeavors and you know, one of them being music, it's that similar thing that I'm like, Hey guys, I put out a song. Yeah. That's about <laughs> it. But like, then you see bands who are like really working on stuff for months and they're like posting stories every day or like five times a week as it is. And like, yeah. Oh, here's this. And if you do this, this and that, and I'm like, I don't know. I just like, don't get in that zone, I suppose, or it doesn't come naturally. So I like have to force it, but yeah. you know, I think also everyone has their own different way of doing it in That's a true. sense, but, uh, you know, I mean, there's probably a reason my music hasn't taken off either. It sucks or, uh, you know, <laughs> I it's think, not marketed well. <laughs> I think, hey, I, I, I think, uh, it would be the second thing. I think from what I've heard, I, I really like your stuff. So like, I'm hoping. Yeah. And marketing is like, it doesn't make any, like, again, like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, Sometimes you just get lucky because yeah. on the blue moon on the second Thursday of the month, like the right person saw it. Yeah. Taylor Swift reposted it and it just, you know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's like, I mean, like one of the most famous ads for car insurance is a gecko. And it's like, <laughs> right. why? Makes like, no sense. Like, you know, they like, did it and it worked. And it somehow, like, there's those two things don't coincide. Yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is you should use a gecko to market your music. Maybe that's all I got to do. Yeah. Now, I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about, <coughs> pardon. Um, I've noticed that my humor is better than like the serious side of my creative creativity. Mm. So like, I don't think I'm going to go all weird Al and write like entirely joke songs for sure. <clears throat> parodies and all that. But when I use more humorous stuff, um, like in my podcast, yeah, it spreads a little bit better. So I'm trying to figure out how can I show that side of me in my musical side. So if you look, I actually do, they let you do anything. Just them. Let's lets you do whatever you want. As it, that's a very general thing yeah <laughs> but like so on the episode with my wife um we were talking about painting and art and blah 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 and i made a random comment about like a photo and like how it made me feel mm. and i said something along the lines of like a unicorn riding a, ge- a chameleon across the milky way galaxy blah blah, blah. Uh, my friend justin made a 3d <laughs> or no, no no sorry not a 3d uh uh ai art about that's- it so fun it's my spotify picture that looks great too <laughs> it, it totally fits that though for man of mars doesn't completely it completely matches if i was stumbled across that i would be like oh that's so it cool. goes together it's yeah. cohesive and yeah no like i can just do that i could just take this picture and they're like oh yeah thanks thanks for that picture for man of mars yeah there you go <laughs> they don't do anything about it i will say for apple music there's a few more rules and i've tried to change it not like that many times but they said no a few times okay. <laughs> i was like oh dang <laughs> okay no but yeah straight up spotify do whatever i want yeah that's awesome <laughs> so you know, I'm thinking of trying to uh, explore that side there of marketing go. because you know what? I try to be funny and it works sometimes. That's fair. So. And comedy is honest. <coughs> right. It's just honest. And like, I think genuine comedy versus forced, like, I, I was going to say intimacy, but that sounds very <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, forced um, intimacy. Like, yeah, that's wrong thing. Uh, a forced sense of being genuine. Right. You know is yeah. uh doesn't translate as well i get that yeah not saying that that's what you're doing but that's <laughs> i didn't whoa, i realize whoa, whoa. that's not what i've I'm been saying you're doing at all but um that's how i have experienced things because yeah. i've definitely tried that <laughs> and it blew didn't work no i get you yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny all right before we move on from matt and into the rest of it you should do an accent you mean is that too accent? much on the spot do i have to uh, pay you for that you have to pay me for that. Um, I'll start a timer for however long you do it. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, no, I can do an accent. Um, is there one you had in mind? 
was thinking French just because oh. we were talking about it. Yeah, I was telling him earlier today. Like I can, <laughs> I can do one of our coworkers. I'd never thought about it this way, but I could do a micro impression of a French person, mm-hmm. which is a French person being very angry and stomping out their cigarette. Um, oh, I don't. You can't really. I hear it. Yeah. Because it's that micro. It's a very yeah. I could do it right now, but you know, yeah. Unlike this fireplace that sits before us, I don't know if it'll travel exactly as yeah. well um, <laughs> <laughs> through the airwaves. Exactly. Um, Dang. Th- oh, you know. Okay. I, I'm I'm thinking of like videoing. I was talking to you about that earlier. Mm-hmm. This would have been a perfect one to video. That's true. But I'm not gonna do it's it right okay. now. It is what it is. But it's fine. <laughs> Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. What can I do? I can sometimes do a russian accent mm. my most comfortable one is an english accent yeah which i just telling because you speak english i do speak english <laughs> yeah i'm doing it right now actually wow um thanks <laughs> um, but yeah i used to have like a more like posh british accent and then me and my girlfriend watched a season and a half of love island and mm. now i for some reason can't get back into the more posh one and so now it's the more like, what are you doing over there? You're sitting here doing your podcast. As I'm interested, I'm into it. Yeah. Keep talking about it if you want. If not, then that's fine. I understand. That totally sounds like someone in like Ted Lasso, you know? Thank you. Like in the bar, I love. in the pub or whatever, when they're like yeah. watching football. Yeah. I can't remember. What's their Did you watch name? Ted Lasso? I do. What's yeah. the name of the team again? I want to say Wrexham, but that's a real team that... Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney own. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I don't remember. I mean, at Richmond. Richmond. Is it AF- AFC Richmond. AFC Richmond. Yeah, Richmond. There it is. Yeah. I was like, Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. My dad's a huge soccer or football fan. Footballer. And I am not. Yeah. At all. Yeah. I'm not also a huge sports fan. I've tried. I've really tried doesn't work (laughs) yeah and if that doesn't tell you about matt i don't know it does that's true all right guys (laughs) sponsors we are shooting for the freaking stars today i'm just gonna (laughs) say it first one it's our step and this is no offense to anyone but it's not as high as the next one if i'm gonna be entirely that's true that's true it's just real it's realistic not, not gonna be rude stance i love you guys I might start posting more feet pics if you guys are asking for it. Um, see if I can get some socks on these feet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love you guys, Stance. The next one. And we know you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This gentleman, I'm sure he's listening, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. If uh, you guys know me, I love The Rock. I get inspired just by seeing him, like, do anything. And then there's those pictures that are like, you know, black and white pictures of him with like the big yellow text and like says something like don't quit. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there it is. Mm-hmm. The rock. I'm super stoked that you're sponsoring this episode. <laughs> <laughs> See what Thank happens. You. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, song of the day is, is, is a tricky one. I was trying to pick one that like makes me feel, uh, Matt's vibe in a sense. Um, I haven't known Matt for like a super long time, maybe about a year. Yeah. And I was like, what song would I pick? And I was anywhere from like 2010, like top hits, like <laughs> Teenage Dream or I don't know, yeah. something like one of those. 
And uh, I, I settled on this in collaboration with Matt from hearing about his music taste. <laughs> and I chose Skipping Stones by Gallant and Janae Aiko. Uh, great song. Mm. Super cool vibe. Very chill, but also like groovy. Um, also like one of my favorite albums for sure on Ology by Gallant. Um, go listen to it today. Check it out. It's a great song. It is. I feel I'm very grateful. Thank you for picking it. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are in the topics. So these topics I will say are all intertwined. And then there's three subtopics within this like major topic in a sense that we're going to talk about. And <clears throat> this spurred because Matt's an actor and I'm not a film buff. <laughs> I am easy to please. As you guys know, we've done like random reviews and I talked that I was going to do like more movie reviews and blah, blah, blah. Um, I was thinking today though, I remember back in like high school and I had to like critically think and like do a book report as it would be or something like that. I was like, Oh, I can do that. I know how to do that. And so we're going to do some movie reviews. The films we picked are what Matt had deemed his favorite one Mm -hmm. and what I've deemed mine. And then one that we saw recently together. Yes. Um, Just so there's no suspense and hopefully knowing what's coming keeps you guys with us. The three movies we're going to talk about today are chef um, directed by, John Favreau. Yes. Which he's in. I love him for doing that stuff. I love it. Which we'll get into. Um, The second one, Winter Soldier. Um, Off the top of my head, I don't know names. The Russo brothers directed it though. I'm not mistaken. Perfect. Making sure. And then Black Adam. Yes. Directed by... I don't know. (laughs) Martin (laughs) Scorsese. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I follow The Rock on Instagram and I know he's talked about this director and I've seen films that this director has made. Uh... I'm so sorry. I don't know how to pronounce it. John Colette Sarah? Yes. I think it's Wame. Yeah, Wame Colette Sarah. I okay. Think is his name. Yeah, yeah. No disrespect for not knowing how to say it. My bad. Um I also could be saying it incorrectly. Directed by yeah. So we're gonna talk about Black Adam and I'm super stoked. Thank yeah. Because that was an interesting movie. But <clears throat> let's start with Chef, shall we? Sure. Um I didn't plan to do this, so give me a minute to look it up. Um, what's the website that I can get a synopsis? IBMD, IMDB does it, right? Yes. I'm going to read. I, I don't know if anyone has seen all these movies in this sense. I actually hadn't seen Chef. And when I asked um, Matt, like what we we're going to talk about, I was like, you pick your favorite movie. I'll pick mine. We'll pick one together and we'll go see it and whatever. Um, I had never seen Chef. So I tasked myself with the homework of watching it. Uh. Oh, this is funny. There's like the two sentence synopsis that it shows on like (laughs) Netflix or whatever. A head chef quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing back together his estranged family. I want a little bit more than that. If I'm going to be honest, let me see if I can find a good one. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Storyline. There we go. Uh, it's still a little bit small, but it's a little bit bigger. Okay. So storyline and we'll fill in the gaps because we've both seen it now. That's true. Carl Casper, who is John Favreau's character, is an acclaimed chef with a family life that seems as decaying as his artistic freedom. Excuse me. Those frustrations boil over into a raucous viral videoed public confrontation against a restaurant critic who panned his cooking of food Uh, that his boss ordered him to make against his instincts. 
Now with his career ruined, Carl's ex-wife offers an unorthodox solution in Miami to refit an old food truck to offer quality cooking on his own terms. Now with his young son, Percy, and old colleague Martin helping, Carl takes a working trip across America with his truck to rediscover his gastronomic passion. <laughs> gastronomic passion? Why would that be the word, really? Like, if I'm being honest. Someone found a thesaurus. Yeah, they like... That's how they wrote they that. They looked it up and they're like, yeah. Yeah. Or someone who like does it, like English isn't their first language. They're like, yeah. that makes sense. Just makes sense, right? Yeah. And you're like, no. I didn't uh, know that was a word. With Percy's tech savvy and Martin's enthusiasm, Carl finds that he is creating a traveling sensation on the way home. In doing so, Carl discovers he is serving up more than simply food, but also a deeper connection with his life and his family that is truly delicious in its own way. By Kenneth Chrisholm. Or Kissholm. Um, I feel like that's pretty solid. Yeah. You want to start off? Just spitball thoughts. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, Why is this your favorite movie? Can I start with that? It's I. It's always tough. I. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. And I think for a couple reasons. I think one, I can't cook, but I do love watching people cook. Like mm. I'm a big Food Network fan. And I think this is one of the stronger food movies. Like yeah. one, because John Favreau uh, did a lot of work <laughs> with a real chef by the name of uh, Roy Choi, I believe is his name. And he like I think taught they him. have the that they have the show the chef yeah. show yeah which is yeah. a spin-off of this movie which i've watched a few things of it yeah exactly and and so it's very uh he wanted to be as accurate as he could which i think is always appreciated and also i just think the food in this movie looks amazing yeah um and also <clears throat> i like a movie i i i like talking about movies sometimes that don't get talked about enough like talking right. about like marketing like which it actually i would say is a part of large part of the plot of chef exactly uh, is yeah. good marketing um is yeah i'd like, like that this movie only came out uh, 2014 yeah so, so it's less than 10 years old yeah um and like john favreau <laughs> is like a very big director and a very big actor and does a lot of stuff and i feel like this is a movie that kind of flew a little bit under the radar and is a it's not like I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but I think it's a really fun and sweet movie. And also there's a big theory and I kind of have to believe it. Cause I feel like it just adds up too much that this is a metaphor for him making Iron Man two. Um, and a lot of people have talked mm. about that and there is kind of like a filmmaker's journey kind of in it. And like, um, and I can see people's connections to that ver and his actual experience <coughs> making Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think there's a lot of fun layers to play with it. Also, I love John Leguizamo. Which, who's that? He's his best friend. He's the guy who uh, owns Martin. Everything. Yes, Martin. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, this movie really surprised me. Like, I saw the cast, and I knew Scott Johansson was in it, and then saw Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> makes an appearance, and I think it's the funniest thing. But I'm not going to lie. Like, I actually really enjoy seeing John Favreau act. Yeah, he's Especially, good. like, in movies that he, like, directs. It's, like, the funniest thing. Like, especially in this, of him being the main character. Yeah. I think he did a really good job. Overall, I actually was a big fan of the movie. The two things, actually, so the primary thing that I loved, the soundtrack. Yeah. 
I was so surprised. Like this soundtrack is actually phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like if you guys care about soundtracks, like it's not just like score, but like how they used the music and the music they used, like was phenomenal. I'm sitting there, I'm listening to this and I was sick. So also I was like, you know, the whole father son dynamic. I'm like getting all emotional. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like that's what I texted you. And I was yeah. <laughs> like, did you put me through or whatever? You know? Um, the movie itself actually goes together so well yeah with like that music side of it like bringing you to the places that they're in yeah like they even have a part uh gary clark jr is like playing when they go to yeah. texas and i was like i'm looking at him and i'm like no nah, that's gary clark jr yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was like i know that voice and i like looked it up to confirm and i was like oh my gosh yeah they should have got him like to be in this part when they're playing the concert in texas and blah blah, blah. like yeah it's pretty cool um the second thing I thought it was so funny. The Twitter stuff. Yeah. It's so prevalent. It was like 2014 doesn't like seem like too old. I don't yeah. really know when like Twitter exploded, I suppose. I don't remember. I feel like it was before that. It probably was. But I also think, I think the movie kind of uh, gets, because I was, I was watching some of it today and I was thinking <laughs> that too. I was like, I was like, he really doesn't get Twitter. Right. And I feel like it's fairly easy to comprehend, but it, I think it kind of gets by that thing of like, one, he's like so obsessed with cooking that like everything else doesn't really matter to him. Right, right. Um, That's his life. Because yet yeah, Twitter debuted in 2006. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's so when like, YouTube came out. That's a long time for him to get to know it. But what we're talking about, for those of you who don't know, and it didn't say it in the synopsis, basically this movie is one of those movies that like capitalizes on technology of like, debuting twitter a little bit where it yeah. felt like if twitter had just come out this would have been the perfect movie to explain how it works yeah because basically as matt said like he's so wrapped up in what he does and like the old school way of things and cooking and you know him being the chef um that like the marketing portion of it like his son teaches him how to use twitter and then the, the one of the trials in the sense of the movie that he has to go through is that um the critic rips him a new one Mm-hmm. and they're like you suck it turns out it wasn't even his decision to make that stuff he quits um i know i'm jumbling it a little bit that's the but like so he he eventually quits and he's like i can't keep cooking at this place if they're not gonna let me cook the food that i want to make because i know i can make good food yeah and the critic posts it on social media on twitter yeah and John Favreau's character responds thinking he's private messaging him, mm-hmm. but he posts like a big old nasty rhetoric of like, you don't know what cooking is if it sat on your face type of thing and like all this stuff. And he posts it to the world and he gets like 2000 followers overnight that like just love yeah. it. They say he's trending. Yeah. At one point his friend's like, dude, you're trending. <laughs> and Cause yeah, he goes into work the next day before he quit and they're like, Oh man, like we saw what happened on Twitter and he's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. what do you mean on, on twitter like what what happens on twitter yeah like he has no clue that he posted anything and like he's trending and people are like posting back at him and and all this hilarious stuff but it like even does those funny little man- animations where like <laughs> it like shows him like typing it out and then he clicks send and it like flies away like the little bird like yeah. those classic like new technology movie type of things yeah. and it was just funny because it didn't seem like that old of a movie when like twitter came out and no. it's not no but they're just like yeah twitter is a is a staple of this movie yeah it's a really big because yeah it, it starts with the the no pun intended beef that starts between uh john Favreau's character carl casper and 
the food critic, like name escapes me. Um, but then as he starts this food truck with his son and Martin, his friend, his son starts posting about it and tweeting about it and, and sharing it and stuff like that. And the food truck it blows up um, through Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's like a very big, it's like, it's like a movie about a father and his son Twitter and food. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In that order. <laughs> yeah, in, in that order. Yeah. No, it was so funny. But yeah, um the the story itself is pretty good too. Like yeah. for for a little bit, I gotta admit I was like sick while I was watching it. So I didn't watch it all in one sitting because like my I was like, I can't keep watching the same thing. I I gotta close my eyes and sleep. So I paused it and came back the next day. Um and like it actually takes him quite a while to eventually get to the point where he has the food truck. Yeah. Like it's not even until past halfway through the movie that he's that i think he's got it or even even before they go to miami that always that is always a weird thing for me yeah that it's like it's it's so much like even the poster is like the food truck him in the food truck yeah Yeah. it's it's him yeah sophia figuera his his son and his friend all in the food truck yeah and that's the end scene it's like a movie about a food truck that's not really about the food truck itself it takes like, a while to get there yeah which is you know i is it ultimately it's a movie about a father and a son but like also that food truck i just think aesthetically looks so cool right and all the food that they make looks really really delicious yeah um you know because it's that funny part of it in the character development of john favreau it's funny because like again the the first sentence of the synopsis or whatever is like a head chef quits his restaurant job and buys a food truck yeah but that doesn't happen until way later yeah like, way later and so there's all this like character development happening that's laying the groundwork of like again the twitter premise the fact of like how strong he believes he is as like a chef that wants to be creative yeah and like there's even scenes um again for those who haven't seen it like <coughs> pardon um there's scenes where it's like he wants to cook something for the critic and he even invites him back and the owner of the restaurant says like no like you make what I make you because that's what people like. And it sounds like there's this history that they talk about of like, no, like Carl Casper, you came here. You're one of the hottest chefs in the area. You came to my restaurant. I hired you. Our deal was that we cook things that people like, because it sounds like in the past he's made things to like experiment and it's like fine cuisine. Yeah. And it's stuff that like sounds pretty good. I don't remember any of them off the top of my head, but like things that like sound good and you would think like would sell well, but they don't sell well. So they stop making them, which yeah. makes sense. It's a business. Like the sure. owners like money. We got to do what we got to do yeah. to stay in flow. But the whole like character development is like the art of cooking. Yeah. Making good food because it's good. Like they highlight it so well. I think even there's that scene before he goes and tells off the food critic where he's like just cooking a full on meal. Yeah. Just by he's himself, just by himself goes home and like angry cooks and like makes like the most beautiful meal ever. doesn't do anything with it. It shows yeah. but like, you know, it, it's that, is that part like you mentioned where like you can tell John Favreau does a lot of research yeah. to make it realistic. Like the stuff he's making and how he's making it and what they're pointing out in it is like makes you feel like, oh, that's like some real beautiful art. Like, it's not yeah. just like, oh, they cooked to eat to sustain themselves. It's like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it like translates and carries over to when he gets the food truck. And I think the scene that like stood out the most, or the, the two, is when they're in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the food we're getting. Um, and like, this is what we're going to make. And it's going to be beautiful. 
which is partnered with that really cool scene with him and his son where like so it, it's like his son is 10 12, yeah he's probably like 10 or 12 somewhere around there and it's it's kind of it's not too like groundbreaking it's kind of a classic like you know his parents are divorced he lives with his mom and dad's his dad doesn't really know him yeah yeah his his dad like doesn't know him super well because he's kind of wrapped up in his own thing like you said and the son just wants to be in the dad's life he's like can i go to work with you like can i go to your restaurant can i go shopping with you and he's like no like we'll go do something fun but like neither of them really care yeah and in that scene in new orleans when he's like come on like we're gonna take you to new orleans we're gonna get you real food and they get the real food and his son's like so what else we gotta do he's like no i'm just hanging out with you yeah and like he doesn't realize like he's just sharing his life and his passion with his son and his son loves it yeah you know and like that was one of those character development moments that i think was painted really well yeah and i I was a fan i agree i also going back real quick to the cooking yeah thing the love of cooking no 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 no. you're (laughs) it's just i i and like something about me is i love movies but i also really like part of that is not just watching it, but like knowing how it was made and little things about mm-hmm. it. Um, and yeah. so when it comes to this movie, that's very much about cooking. There's like a joke amongst chefs about a particular dish that is mentioned a few times in the movie. Um, and it's the chocolate lava cake Yeah, that, there is no chef that likes making that dish <laughs> because it's the like corniest thing to make. Yeah. And they all hate it and they don't like making it. Um, but they do it anyway because it's their people job. People love and it. Sometimes, yeah. And people like, really like it. Like a part it. of the movie is like you do it because people buy it. Yeah. The general and public buys this. Exactly. And I didn't know that the first time watching the movie and I was probably, I just wasn't, I didn't pick up on it. And then when I watched it again, I've seen this movie probably five or six times, but like um, w- they'd never make like a direct joke about chocolate lava cake. But when you see them reference or talk about it, you can see the most like, like there's a moment where John Favreau is going through the, like with his staff, the menu that they're going to cook and it ends with chocolate lava cake and the glazed look over his eyes when he has to utter those words <laughs> is like the perfect, like just like, all right. He captured it well. Yeah, he captured it very well. Um, but That's he, what I like about John Favreau. I like I like it a lot too. And he's like he's really he's become known and fairly so for like doing a lot like obviously Mandalorian and Jungle mm-hmm. Book and the Iron Man movies and which are all things that I very much enjoy. But like I think his first movie was I don't know if you've seen a movie called Swingers and it was him and Vince Vaughn. No, really. It was like his big like big break movie and it's about two friends and John Favreau's character is basically going through a horrible breakup and Vince Vaughn is playing a Vince Vaughn role it was like the first <laughs> time that yeah. he really played himself um, so true and yeah it's like this little independent movie that like they talk about they shot on like the side of a desert road and like cops would come over and be like what are you doing and all this stuff and so I, I enjoy getting to see him do something that is a lot closer to to the ground yeah um because i can tell that it's a it's kind of relaxing you can kind of tell like there is a charm about this movie right um which like maybe (coughs) while effective like 
fairly simple character work or character dynamics aside, like the movie is so charming that like for me, this is this it, at least personally, it's one of those movies that kind of just feels like a blanket, like I can just put on and really enjoy, like with mm-hmm. with the mix of all the cast being super charming. Like you mentioned, Robert Downey Jr. showing right. up for like five minutes yeah. and chewing the scenery uh, to like probably the best looking grilled cheese sandwich I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, exactly. in my entire life. Um, it's just a little, it's just a nice, happy movie. Yeah. You know? And it's that like realistic side of life too for some things. Like I think that they captured like pretty well. Um, I, Like the scene that comes to mind is like, he makes that grilled cheese for his son. Yeah. And it's like an amazing looking grilled cheese. And his son's like, mom always cuts the crust off. And then he's like, well, I'm not your mom. You eat it like this. Like, yeah, he's like, I don't do that. I, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a, it's such I a love good that. scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, even there's like this scene, I think this, like this movie has, I've never seen someone flirt with cooking before. Mm-hmm. And Carl Casper really does like he makes a pasta for Scarlett Johansson at one point. And I was like, if I <laughs> that part watched, was so funny. Yeah, I was like, if I watched someone make uh, that pasta for me, I would fall madly in love with them. <laughs> right? I probably would. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the Italian in me. It's probably a strong chance that it is, yeah. but it's a it's a great pasta. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, John Favreau he's not like too extreme for me, but he's one of those people in movies that I'm not like, I want to see him be the love interest. Yeah. And so that scene where they're like him and Scarlett Johansson's character, it, it sounds like they've known each other forever. Yeah. And there's a part where they're kind of like in a more intimate setting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we told ourselves we weren't going to do this. And then he's like, all right, let me just go cook for you. And yeah. it's still like the most like, sexy cooking that he's ever done like yeah and it's not even like he's like with his shirt off or any like no. there's no like nudity there's nothing he like wears that. like plain black t-shirts yeah. like the he, entire just movie. wearing clothes and he's just making this food and it's just because it's also amazing it's like <laughs> oh man that's love right there yeah it's it's really it's so beautiful funny. to watch yeah and um yeah there's just like everybody feels so connected to each other and i think part of that is like and a lot of movies like really really great movies you can kind of tell is like when people are enjoying the process that translates and like this is very clearly like a movie where John Favreau is making a movie with his friends right and like Scarlett Johansson and Robert Downey Jr. being exactly. in it. Like, like like why are they in this movie yeah they sh- <laughs> they show up they don't have large roles Scarlett Johansson has a bigger role than yeah. Downey does um, but yeah they're all just like chilling like it feels like a like a summer vacation yeah Um, like it's not an action movie you're not like going from one thing to the next no you're just like a day in the life for this guy going along with him for a few weeks you know and then um i gotta point it out because it was like i love the part in the uh, the part of the movie throughout the movie when he's like he's just trying to teach his son what he cares about yeah and there's even that part when he's like, you know what? You want to be a cook? Because his son like is kind of like, I want to work at your restaurant. Like, I want, I want to come help you. He's like, cool. You want to be a cook? You scrape this. Yeah. Like, this is what we do. Yeah. We're all a team here. Like, you scrape the muck out of this dish and we use it because that's what you do in a kitchen. Yeah. 
And then there's, I feel like the part for the sun that like it clicked. Like if I was to put myself back when I was like 10, 12 years old, whatever, where they go to Texas, they're like doing kind of like a locational dish. And instead of doing just like the Cubanos that they're doing, Mm -hmm. they try to do like a brisket, like a Texas brisket, like sliders. And they go up and that scene I was like, what's going on? They walk into this house or like this like place and there's like, hey, you got the stuff? Yeah. Like they full on make it seem like some kind of sketchy drug deal that like he can't talk about. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's going to happen? Like it's him, his son and like his buddy <laughs> and then the people that were working there and like, oh yeah, I got the stuff. I'm not going to lie. The people who had the stuff did not seem like actors. They're not. They I are knew it. real chefs and that's a 100%. real restaurant. I knew it. And it is regarded as like one of the best brisket places ever. It felt ever. more documentary, yeah. a documentary than like movie yeah. for that scene. When they went to this place that was like kind of sketchy, like, hey, you got it? Oh yeah, we got it. Come on, I'll show you. It was like really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and straight up like, so they bring him to this back spot and it's like, it's one of those places that's like a 24 hour smoker. Yeah, like they've been cooking Huge. this brisket for days or whatever it is they say or like all night where they're just like stoking the flames all night all day and just cooking meat and so they take out this big slab of meat and they cut it up and they're like oh we'll take them all like we'll buy it blah 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 and I think that's the part his son like caught it a little bit that like hey there's a difference in food that you make yeah <laughs> it's not just all food they cut that meat up gave it to him and he's like oh my gosh that's amazing like yeah. I almost remember those moments when I had like good meat yeah you know what i mean like you had like a good steak and you were like oh my like that makes a difference so i can like put myself in the shoes of that son right there yeah oh i got to i went to a film festival in austin texas like two years ago and we went and got like texas barbecue and i felt like that kid because we we also it was such a bad idea (coughs) we got it right before we went on our plane home oh Um, (laughs) this is a mistake um yeah um but like yeah, like those little moments I think are so much fun. And like something about the movie of it being like a fairly strong metaphor for filmmaking in a lot of ways. Like it's a really accurate film movie or chef movie, but it's also a really accurate movie movie. Like you're talking about of like, hey, scrape this. Like it's like, no, this is the job. Yeah. Like a lot of like, like a lot of the like, pristine like qualities of like like movie premieres or like fancy restaurants like five-star restaurants and all that stuff like behind all of that is like i remember i heard jonah hill say this once he was like a film set is like straight up just porta potties just like two rows of porta potties and like quick like craft services and like gushers and like everybody's (laughs) running off like fruit snacks and like red bull and it's like 3 a.m and everybody's tired and like it's not fun like a big like glamorous thing yeah Yeah, like it's a lot of fun and like obviously like bigger (laughs) stuff like a marvel movie like obviously they're comfortable yeah but like an independent movie or like a food truck like is kind of dirty like i like i've had friends and like myself who have like been on sets and have loved the process but you're like when you're in between takes like where people are like oh i'll be in my trailer all that stuff it's like your trailer is like a lawn chair next to the cooler yeah and you're sitting there for like three and a half hours <laughs> like doing <laughs> it's nothing. the experience yeah and like they're and they're just setting up lights 
and then you go on there and you do it for like five minutes yeah and it's like the fancy part and then you're back next to the cooler yeah um and i just i like the i like i like how genuine the movie is about the whole experience like i like that the food truck like it's not just like a you know i feel like we sit with them building the food truck just as almost as much as we see them like in the food truck in the food truck trending and, and the food food truck becoming a super famous thing like yeah watching them clean it out and like and almost probably the everything. time that they're actually doing it like as far as screen time like they're cleaning it for a few days and it's like they spend almost like they're they're showing moments of each day yeah like for longer periods where they're like the part where it's like absolutely disgusting the part where it's like getting there, the yeah. part where his friend comes in and like really gets some work done, the part where they make like the first food and like give it to some of the day laborers that were over there, like hanging yeah, and helped yeah, them yeah. out and blah, blah, blah. Like that part where it's just like the good feeling that's like, hey, this is the good food we're going to make and everyone loves it. Like, yeah, you know, and then you finally see them like do it. Yeah. And it feels <laughs> like earned, which is nice. And John Favreau right. is really good. Iron Man 1 is a lot like that. Like Tony building the suit, like by the time you get to the red and gold and all that stuff, you're like hell yeah like he's like, that's Man hard now. work yeah like yeah. he made it like there you go he he, um, he crawled out of a cave and <laughs> flew yeah. through the air and With almost died like, all this stuff. And, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's like i i feel like that's john favreau like yeah his thing like showing the gritty realism of life yeah but also like the beautiful art of it yeah you know and i think he does that type of stuff well even if you look at like the project of the mandalorian and stuff like that that he's been on like it's very felt yeah for it for a general term because there's there's different ways to feel it and different things that are conveyed but it's very like deeply felt like i was saying like we when we were picking our movies and we we're talking about like you know how deep does this movie touch you in a sense like this is one of those movies that like if you're watching and paying attention like you're gonna feel it yeah you're gonna you're gonna feel the good you're gonna feel the bad because well, even there's that that moment it's in the near the beginning of the movie when he it's in between the first two times where he's with the critic and he's out with his son and they're watching like a little like show like on like the boardwalk and it's like a man controlling a skeleton that's singing i don't i can't remember the name of the song but it's the i'm so tired of being alone yeah i'm so tired i'm on my own like that whole like won't you help me please like song i think and they even flash back to that near the end i think you're right and and it cuts between the little skeleton singing and john favreau just staring at it and it's <laughs> yeah. a funny bit but then you also, and maybe this is what the movie's intending, or maybe this is just a film class that I took that's that's possessing me right now. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, John Favreau's watching a a shell of a man tied up in strings singing something that you don't know if it actually wants to sing. Right. And even at the end of the song, it's on its knees, like pleading mm -hmm. to the crowd, and. It's a funny joke, but when you look at John Favreau, look at it like he's not like this is weird. Like he's so connected to that he's skeleton that he's like, "Oh my god, that's me." Yeah, he's like learning something yeah. in that random moment with his son, like on the boardwalk. Yeah, like but also, said. it's just a funny. <laughs> but it's just glance. funny. Yeah, it's again, just a you funny can, shot. You can do the bird's eye view, and it's fine. Yeah, but like if you were to, like honestly, if I was to look at it, that critical analytical thinker part of like if I had to write a paper on this, like that's probably a part you'd harp on. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like right. the the. Even if we were to look at it dramatically, the hero's journey of John Favreau through this, <laughs> that's a big part for him. Yeah. That's the part where he sees it and he's like, that's me. I need to make a change. Yeah. That's that call to action where he's like, I'm going to get pushed over the edge and I'm going to do something. Yeah. 
That's a good one. It is a good one. It's a fun time. It's on HBO Max. It is, yeah. 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 It used to be on Netflix. <laughs> so don't go to Netflix. Go yeah, to yeah don't go Max. there anymore. It's not there. Yeah. But yeah. You got any final thoughts for it? Um, If I don't explain it as well as, as this person does, but there's a YouTube channel. The guy's name is Ben from Canada, and he does a video about this movie talking about how again not confirmed but it really feels like this is John Favreau talking about what it was like for him to make Iron Man 2 um, you have time I'd recommend mm-hmm. checking that yeah, out because it's pretty it fun out. it's pretty interesting uh, yeah I love it yeah no it's a good movie guys um, for those interested yeah like we said I think it's on HBO Max mm-hmm. um, it's rated R so that's true if that's not your forte that's alright yeah it's a, it's a good movie though it's a lot of fun and as lighthearted as it can be just like a fun movie to watch it still will hit you so yeah um don't watch it when you're sick and emotional like i did because uh, i almost i almost shed a tear it's all right <laughs> but it's a good movie it is a good movie it's a fun time but yeah moving on yeah john favreau some call him the godfather of hollywood yeah have you ever heard him called that i, I, I have really i i i would i would agree with that especially like with how I think there's some parts more than others with like the MCU and like Star Wars. Yeah. Which um, is a whole other conversation, but going to the MCU. Yeah. For step into a new universe. Captain America Winter Soldier. Yes. The second installment in the Captain America. If you haven't seen this, um, crawl out from under the rock that you live in. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I know that like some Wi-Fi. (laughs) Not everyone likes the MCU as much as me or even half as much as me. And I, I respect it. I think it's become such pop culture that I'm like somewhat genuinely surprised when I meet like people our age who like haven't seen it. I'm like, yeah, you haven't seen all of the MCU movies. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. What, what do you like? They're good movies. They are. I wouldn't say that every single one of them is the deepest, you know, artistic. Thing. Yeah. Like chef was, you know, yeah. but there's Those really great like movies. 30 movies deep. Like exactly. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of movies to catch up on if you haven't yet, but, yeah. but I think this is one of the greats. It is. And yeah. Again, I'm not a huge like film buff and like academic of film either, but like I know this is a good movie. Yeah. And like I actually I'm not too much of a favorites person in general where like you know, like even when I was dating my wife, it was like, What's your favorite color? I don't really have favorites. Like I like things I like, but I'm not like that's my favorite. That's the one. Yeah. This is like actually my favorite movie that I've confidently said for probably about a few years now. Actually probably even since it came out. Like I was like, that's my favorite movie. Like Heck that's yeah. a good movie. That is. Um but for the sake of consistency and understanding that there are people from different walks of life, little synopsis. <laughs> uh, the, orig- the initial thing says, as sh- uh, Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in the modern world, he teams up with a fellow Avenger and S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Black Widow, to battle a new threat from history, an assassin known as the Winter Soldier. Let me see if I can get the longer one now, and we'll read that real quick. Oh, yeah, storyline. Here we go. <clears throat> Would you like to read it? Sure. I'm just over here doing all the talking. Let's do it. For Steve Rogers, awakening after decades of suspended animation involves more than catching up on pop culture. It also means that this old school idealist must face a world of subtler threats and difficult moral complexities. That becomes clear when director Nick Fury is killed by the mysterious assassin, the Winter Soldier, but not before warning Rogers that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been subverted by its enemies. When Rogers acts on Fury's warning to trust no one there, he is branded as a traitor by the organization. 
Now a fugitive, Captain America must get to the bottom of this deadly mystery with the help of the Black Widow and his new friend, the Falcon. However, the battle must be will be costly for the Sentinel of Liberty, with Rogers finding enemies where he least expects them while learning that the Winter Soldier looks disturbingly familiar. Sentinel of Liberty is Dang. a wonderful Sentinel way to describe of Liberty, that yeah. That threw me off. I was like, that's what a heavy. wonderful way to describe Captain America. <laughs> no, that's that's a pretty good one. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie, like, I can rewatch it. Yeah. Like you said about Chef, like, I'll still rewatch this. Like, no surprises needed. Like, I'll rewatch it. And it reminds me of my wife was listening to and showed me a podcast um, where the writers of Rings of Power. We're talking about it have you seen rings of power i have watched part of the pilot but i also okay. know about that podcast it's long and it's a slower story like lord of the rings is so mm -hmm. it's it, it is a bit of a commitment to like watch yeah um but the one thing that they mentioned and it was a really interesting aspect of it that i realized and i was like oh that's a good way to put it um i've been like thinking about other movies in this vein um they aren't the type of writers that wanted to do like a gotcha moment with like a big old surprise. Yeah. I would personally say that there's still a bit of a surprise like in that show as you watch and you get to the end and you're like, oh, whoa. But it's one of the cool movies that, or sorry, series that knowing the surprise doesn't ruin it. It actually yeah. makes it better. So there's this rewatchability that like you're watching it and you're like, oh my gosh, I know I know what that is. Yeah. Like I know, I know what's going on. Yeah. I know what's happening, but like you're still watching it and you're like, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Yeah. And the way that they kind of said that was like, I feel like there's those parts in the winter soldier that make me think of that. Like knowing what you know. And even like before the movie came out, everyone was like, okay, we know the cast, like Sebastian Stan is in it. We know yeah. who the winter soldier is going to be. Yeah. But as you're watching it, each little scene that he's in <sighs> until they confirm it in the bridge scene. And it's like, he's like, Bucky and yeah. you're like <gasps> like yeah. you feel it with him his intro scene only gets cooler with every watch like the second that like the whole fury the sequence of Nick Fury with like in his car like out racing the, the yeah. police officers I say in quotations um, and then the winter soldier just kind of appearing um, with that grenade that goes under the car which is so sick and like uh, Nick Fury gets to use a lightsaber at the end of <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. basically. <laughs> like, is yeah, I, that whole intro. You're like, oh, and it's like 40 minutes in. Yeah, I I like watched it. I want to say like the third, like two or three times ago when I watched it, I was like, oh, he doesn't show up for a little bit later in the movie. I mean, it's not like you know, like we're nearing the end and he's there, but like he shows up and you're like, oh, who is this? Uh, monster of a person that just like just destroyed yeah just just almost especially that scene so because uh for those of you who haven't seen we'll try to explain it where like nick fury's trying to get away from these end quotation police that are trying to like take him out of the shield operating operation right and they're chasing him and he finally like gets away and his flying car doesn't fly so he's driving blind and he's going and the winter soldiers in the middle of the street and you like see this blurred image of like there's yeah. a figure over there and then you see a close closer shot of the Winter Soldier like shoot this like grenade that latches onto the bottom of the car and it explodes the car and the car goes flipping right towards the Winter Soldier and he takes like a slow motion single step out of the way yeah. as it goes flying. He's wearing his mask so you can't tell it's him. He's got the long hair that we haven't seen on Bucky yet mm. and you're like, 
oh my gosh, like that was so smooth. And then he like slowly walks over to Nick Fury. He doesn't run over and he's like, I'm going to get over there real quick. He walks over because he's like, this guy's toast. Like, yeah, he's like, I already know. I don't, I don't need to run. Yeah. But then of course we got the tricks up Nick Fury's sleeve and all that kind of stuff. And the he did force. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then it bleeds into the scene where like Nick is in um, uh, Steve's home. Yes. And then he gets shot and then Steve chases the winter soldier and like the fury that you see in his running. Yeah. Where he's like booking it through doors and walls. And even that scene when he cuts the, the corner real tight and he like dents the whole wall as he's yeah. just like booking it. Like it just shows like how fast he's running and you're like, Oh my gosh, like he's going to get it. He's going to get him. It's like, this is an action movie for one. Like, of course, like, yeah, this is an action movie and it's insane. And they have the right amount of action throughout the whole thing. And like the right amount of story, like even bleeding into like when he gets uh what is it? The hard drive and like talks oh, to Scott Johansson's character. Yeah, and, like, yeah. She's like, Oh, I've heard of the winter soldier. Yeah. And like the way that they like breadcrumb you into like piecing it together to confirm it. It's just perfect. Yeah. I think they have like the right amount to do it. The, the Russo brothers like did such a good job. And like, it's funny cause they come from arrested development and community community. And, like, the movie, the, you, the, me and Dupree is them. Yeah. Like they come from a lot of comedy and like, which is, uh, which is great. But like, Whereas like the first Captain America movie is like 40s pulp adventure, which is very fun in its own right. They basically like, all right, well, we're going to put Captain America in a Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. Like, from like the it's beginning. Intense. Well, his whole sequence on the boat. Like I remember oh watching in the theater and being like, yeah. Oh, Cap is you do using a lot of he's kicks. Back. Yeah. He's he is Dude, that first different. kick or that one kick with those three guys on like the, the, front of the boat where he kicks that kicks guy, the guy off the boat and you just see him go Doom, yeah and like just flip head over heels off the edge and you're like oh my gosh like i feel yeah. like this is there's a there's a clear difference from captain america in the first one to the second one yeah like even just the amount of strength that they show like you know how like he, he in the first one he seems like he's a strong human yeah and then they get to the point where like no 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 this guy can like rip a door off its hinges just because he wants to yeah. like with one arm. Like yeah. he actually is strong. Yeah. It's not just like he's worked out a lot. He's just like a buff guy. Yeah. yeah. And like even in the speed that he runs and like they do, I feel like they, they accentuate it in Captain America Winter Soldier or Falcon Winter Soldier TV oh, series yeah. when like Bucky runs and you're like, oh my gosh, like he's really fast. Like he's yeah. keeping up with cars and it's like, you know, um, I feel like they kind of hint at it, but they don't like show it in action at the beginning of the movie. And he's like on your left. Yeah. He's oh, running yeah, yeah. circles around Sam Wilson. And it's like, there's that scene when he gets to the pool. Uh, I don't know. Monuments or the, the Washington, <laughs> then like national mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at that part where like he's rounding around the corner of like the water. And he's like, don't say it. Don't say and it. He, yeah. And he says it. And then he goes out of frame and then he's literally like a hundred yeah. yards <laughs> away. Like very clearly. one second later. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's, he's very clearly super soldier running. Well, it's really great too. Cause like in, and I, I, I like this movie, but like in the first Avengers movie, uh, not Captain America, the first Avenger, but in the Avengers, <laughs> um, the writer and director of that movie had said that he doesn't really know how to write Captain America. Mm. That like he doesn't really get his like, like rah rah Boy Scout ism, which like, I understand like people feel that way about Superman as well. But like, 
the writers of this one who also wrote the first one um i i appreciate that they get his optimism and they yeah. also like like not in the way that he's like nauseating like he's right. like genuinely like he's got that whole like speech to the people of shield at the end of the movie where he's the whole price of freedom is high but the price it's price i'm willing to pay it's the sentinel like, of liberty yeah the sentinel <laughs> of liberty exactly um and like that mixed with chris evans being a wonderful actor like it's i i really genuinely feel like captain america is like good like right. you know whereas in, as opposed to him just being like the guy who comes in with his hands on his hips and is like, I'm here to save the day. Like, right. He's, you believe that he's just a guy who really, really wants to do a good. Yeah. Um, well, cause it, yeah, it goes back to the first one when they talk about like, you know, what happened to the red skull and why he's so bad is cause he was already bad. Yeah. But the serum amplifies everything. Yeah. So like, that's why they want to find some weak dude who is a good person. Yeah. And like, it just makes captain America that much of a better person. Cause like at the beginning of that movie, like you said, like, He's not wearing his bright red, white, and blue outfit. He's wearing like a darker stealth suit, and he's yeah. he's killing these people. Like, yeah. let's face it, like he's killing. Them. I don't think these people are living. They don't yeah. make it. Like, he's not ripping heads off. No, but like he's snapping necks and when that dude Jack got kicked like, off the boat, he broke he, his back. Yeah, he yeah. didn't live. <laughs> he's gone. He, he, yeah, and they they give you that side of him, and then um, I think one of my favorite parts of the story of the movie is. <laughs> a bit of the moral dilemma that Captain America gets put in mm -hmm. of Captain Fury or Director Fury like shows him a little bit of the secret that they're working on and the project that they have going on and he tells him the story in the elevator oh, about great. his grandpa oh, it's, it's so good great story. where he's like you know I don't know if I told you about my grandpa he worked he used to work an elevator in the 40s or whatever like when you have to have an elevator attendant like you don't just like press the button and he's telling him like my the moral of the story is that my grandpa loved people but he didn't trust him and basically uh his grandpa would get tips he'd have a little paper bag keep him in he'd walk home at night and he paints a picture that like the neighborhood started getting rougher and people started asking him like hey uh, what's in the bag and like kind of like starting to try to like pin him to rob him because they know it's money and eventually he started to reveal that he's got a loaded gun yeah. And people start leaving him alone. And then that's when Fury says like, you know, my grandpa loved people because he's, he's a people person, but he didn't trust them. And he, he has that part where he brings him to the huge helicarriers and he's like, hey, these are our 22 Magnums that we have loaded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and then Captain America has that moral part where he's like, you know what? Like freedom isn't holding a gun to everyone's head for yeah. safety. You know, and like that's that part where you see Captain America's not just a soldier. No. He's not just the guy that listens to the people. He actually does what he feels is right. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and like I think it starts to bleed or blend together um in the next one where like you know, he starts to think about like not what is right, but what he thinks is right for like Bucky and stuff like that. Yeah. In like Civil War where it's like he's now going against Tony. You know, he's not everyone's favorite person, but he's doing what he thinks is right. And he's yeah. really doing it. He's really dedicated to his cause. And and that's the part that, that this movie spurs on is like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is corrupt. Now this one guy who's really good is going to try and bring it to light. Yeah. <laughs> and him and his team of like two other people do. Yeah. You know, ultimately. I also love like, there. there's a phrase called stunt casting, which like 
sometimes can be taken as like a bad thing of like casting somebody because of a meta commentary like because you think it'd be funny but like having obviously winter soldier is is an antagonist but like the villain um alexander pierce is played by robert redford mm-hmm. and i think that that's fun because robert redford was like one of the people that when he was younger everyone was like that dude is captain america oh really yeah and if you look back at young robert redford you're like oh yeah that guy's captain that guy could totally play captain america um and i think he's such a great like foil to that like Mm -hmm. getting to do because it's it's a little different from like the usual superhero like where it's like similar where it's like like i love iron man but like where it's like who's his villain it's like oh it's another guy in an iron suit like it's like (laughs) right um alexander pierce is like an interesting villain because he's not because you like him yeah you like him because robert redford is just naturally super charismatic and like he's not mustache twirling he's not even even like red skull like where you look at red skull and you're like that's yeah, a bad guy that's a bad guy um, <laughs> his skull is red yeah you're like he's i just shot a man i'm not gonna you know I, I i'm gonna be as as honest as i can that guy looks scary um yeah he does alexander pierce is like a bureaucrat like he's yeah just, he looks like american bureaucrat idealist he's just a dude but his ideals are extreme yeah and that's like what makes him because bad in that like control portion yeah and like the whole you know him <laughs> being hydra and like having yeah. Hydra be a part of shield like is a lot of fun like getting to see because yeah like like you're saying it's like captain america is stripped of any help like whatsoever and up and like the falcon is a part of this movie but he kind of he almost like bookends it in a way like as an ally like not that he's not an ally in the middle of the movie but he he has less screen time uh than he will eventually have um but like captain america like his whole system is gone Mm -hmm. and the only person that he has to like work with is a spy who's like known for double crossing right like someone that he shouldn't trust um that the rest of the world is like you shouldn't trust her yeah and he does like and like they have their own like complications in that and i think that has it that makes it a really fun dynamic and i appreciate that like because some writers uh don't feel this way but i appreciate that uh marcus and mcfeely Stephen marcus and christopher mcfeely the writers of this movie decided that they were going to put a male character and a female character together for most of the movie and not have them get together right i appreciate that um not that i don't love those characters but i also just think those characters are so wrong for each other like (laughs) i mean it's not that we wouldn't want to see two beautiful people kiss yeah which they do (laughs) Um, they do in a mall yeah um classic and but uh, yeah it's like there's their relationship is so interesting because they are allies and they are partners but they're not exactly friends um, they're not fully on the same page either no but they work together yeah because their ideals of like talking about these ideals of like what freedom is and how to best protect people like even in that opening boat sequence like there's that like cap is working with natasha with black widow that whole time 
and he thinks that they're on the same page and she does fully turn around on him. She's like, well, Fury gave me other orders. Yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, this is a rescue mission. And she's like, maybe for you, it's not for me. And she, he's like, why weren't you going to tell me this? And he's like, she's like, I didn't need he, to tell he you. You didn't need to know. And, uh, you know, which, which is, uh, and that's where like fun. his frustration starts Yeah, with the system, with spy work. And it, it makes me think of, um, one of those other really powerful lines in the movie where basically it's like, he's like, or she's asking like, what are you looking for? He's like, I'm looking for a friend. How about that? Like, yeah. can I have a friend in these trying times? And she's like, all right, Rogers, I think you're in the wrong business. Yeah. You know, like that, that part where it's like <clears throat> juxtaposing where he is versus where he wants to be in that sense of like what he's looking for. <clears throat> But this is what he does. Yeah. Because a big part of the movie too is right. The part where it sp- talks about him having to figure out pop culture. Yeah. Like like he is 70 years out of his time. Yeah. Most of the people he knows is dead. Even Peggy dies in this. Yeah, Or in the or, next one. She does die in the next but one. She's not, right. But she's not. But she's dying. She's, she's on her deathbed. Yeah. She doesn't remember him. Um, Pretty much all the people he knows is dead are dead. Yeah. Except for Bucky. That's true. As we find out. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's like trying to figure out how life works now because he is a soldier. Yeah. He soldiers. And even they have those conversations of like, what about that cute girl that lives down the hall? Yeah. Which was, we find out about. Yeah. But, um, but he like can't be bothered. He's like, I don't have shared life experience with these people. Yeah. I'm what I'm here for now is being a soldier, which I, I love It's. It's not like a, I would say like maybe like a huge theme of this movie. Like the movie isn't trying to like say this, but it does tell you about his circumstance. Like he, Captain America is such an optimist in a lot of ways, but I love, I mean, not love. That's, that sounds bad for him, but like I I do. I love the fact that like he comes back and they play it as a joke. They played it as a joke in the trailer, mm-hmm. played it as a joke in the movie, like where she's like, are you doing anything Saturday night? And he's like, well, all the friend, all my friends in my barbershop quartet are dead. Yeah. And that it's like, yeah, it's like his whole life is gone. And the only thing he has is Captain America. Like yeah. the being a soldier is all he has. And like his life is genuinely sad. Yeah. And then the one thing that he has, which is his government fails him. And then also his best friend, comes back but not as someone who can he can trust who is actively trying to kill him yeah um and i think there's a desperation which i think makes that ending i'm with you to the end of the line like so so sad and heartfelt because he really like at this point in his life he just probably doesn't think he has anything else yeah he's like this is like the one chance i have to save some semblance of the actual of the life that i used to have um before I took an ice bath for right. 70 years. Yeah. Now there's, there's, oh man, there was two things. Dang it. I forget. Um, it'll come back to me. I'm sure. Um, the thing that I wish we could have seen more of this in Steve. I think he's too much of an optimist for them to really put on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you watched uh, Falcon and the winter soldier. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who haven't seen it, we see Bucky who was also a, super soldier so he's gonna live extra long he's the man out of time now yeah. that steve has moved on um we see him coping with that part of life where like he doesn't really have much left 
Yeah. And I mean, oh, oh, I remember the second thing and I'll mention it because it kind of affects Bucky is um, this is the movie that we find out S.H.I.E.L.D. is dirty. Yeah. Like, this is it. This is that movie that was like, all right, Hydra's actually been in this all together. S.H.I.E.L.D. is done. It's moving on. How are they going to rebuild? Like, all this stuff. And I honestly think they did it really well. Yeah. Sometimes, like, that reveal happens and you're like, okay, that was lame. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, like, I think it happened very suspenseful where you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, with the the Dr. Zola, yeah, like, yeah. AI robot where it's like... <laughs> Good evening, Fraulein. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, all of that stuff. And they're like, oh, my gosh, it's a recording. And he's like, I am not the recording. Yeah. And whatever. I can't do do it. But, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think they just, like, show it so well. And they, like, take their time to craft it and bring you along rather than just, like, here it is. Yeah. Um, but no, so when we see Bucky in the series later dealing with like the same predicament in life of like, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't share experience. And then I wish we would have seen more of this story. And I feel like if we got a movie instead of a series, we could have, um, but him and the old man. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. broke my heart. (laughs) That like when you find out, cause what, didn't he like kill his son? Yeah. And it like shows the scene. Yeah. They did the scene where like it turns out Bucky as a winter soldier brainwashed killed this man's son who wasn't it like I've only watched it once, but it wasn't it like um, he was just there. He was just there. Yeah. He was at like this embassy. He just saw him. Yeah. He saw him and he said, I got to kill that that guy. So he kills this guy. And then Bucky, when he comes to all these years later, he finds out this is this guy's son and he's like becoming his best friend to like eventually one day confess to him and i don't think he ever does he does he does in the finale yeah he tells him and i it's he forgives him doesn't he i think he does i think he does and yeah he like sebastian stan is great and like i think one of the they didn't do it in this movie but it's the same writer so i'll connect it in the comics bucky is not captain america's best friend uh, Bucky and Steve in the comics are very much like Batman and Robin where it's like a 35 year old man and like a 14 year old boy. Um, I think not. I like the, I like Batman and Robin and I think DC comics has been too afraid of Robin recently. And mm-hmm. I think they need to just do it because he's fun. Um, and I think Batman needs Robin, but making aging up Bucky as like a best friend and like a brother as opposed to like a more sidekick. of a genuine sidekick, I think does like wonders for the relationship and like really, yeah, they just, I think it was like one of the smartest decisions I think that they did was making Bucky his like quote unquote brother. Um, because yeah, it's because then it's about family and if the Fast and Furious movies taught me anything, <laughs> it's that it's all about family. Yeah. Um, what is that in? That was in something recently. It's in the Shazam 2 trailer. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, And also, I feel like this movie, you can't talk about this movie without talking. We, we, we touched on the action, but it's hard to talk about this movie without talking about the elevator fight scene, Oh, which is... One of the most amazing fight scenes. Fantastic. Um, That's another moment when we see his power. Yeah. Like in a small space, he takes out like 12 guys, something. Yeah. On top of my head. It's insane. They're all going up against him in like close quarter combat. And like the setup of it, like everybody coming in. It's 
that fight is so much fun. Me and a, a group of my friends, whenever we go out or hanging out or something, and we get in an elevator, one of us, it's like no one says it, it's unspoken, but one of us will turn to the others and go, before we get started, does anybody want to get out? Like we'll <laughs> quote that That's amazing. line because I think that fight scene is so, it's just like so well set up and it's so well executed in its choreography. Even that, you know, six years later, five, six years later, when they reference it in the Endgame, in Endgame, that you're like, oh, you're like, I know where this is going. Yeah, you, you, he gets in the elevator and he's like, hail Hydra. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh. I remember like being in the theater like, I can't I, believe that just happened because we know all these secrets. Yeah. We know all that's happened. The people in the elevator don't know, but they're like, oh, Cap's a part of Hydra. Never mind. We're good. Like, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it's so, so good. Same writers as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the choreography of that scene is great. The whole like magnetic bracelet is a fun yeah. way to like, like nerf his power, which like, I know some writers have difficulty with like trying to work around people's abilities but yeah. having him like restrained partially so he and can then still be able to rip that thing off as he's like up on the entire thing using yes. all of his strength like it's insane the yeah every like every little detail of it obviously when he like kicks the shield up and grabs it is just it's a beautiful scene is yeah it's it's lovely it's he yeah. jumps out of and even like it just like shows how smart he is like the parts where he like cuts the cables because they're like yeah. coming at the door and then he goes down and the the brakes uh lock up and then he jumps out from like it probably is like 10 to 15 stories high at that point yeah and just like gets up and runs away and then it goes to the motorcycle scene on the bridge yes <laughs> and he chucks the motorcycle at the thing it's also one of my and uh no no direct shade we'll get to it later um, one of my favorite things about this movie is that with a character like we've talked about as powerful as Captain America in the final scene with Bucky but also in that elevator sequence they show him getting hurt which I think is very important to do yeah. with a character especially one as powerful as that because you can disconnect from that super easily um, but allowing him to like take damage and like be vulnerable is I really important and i'm glad that they do it especially because he's yeah he's like confined like he's physically and like emotionally he's just trapped um so if if he had just like wasted them in 15 seconds it wouldn't have been as fun right um but like he gets like tasered like (laughs) yeah (laughs) full-on he's still a person yeah yeah um yeah that's uh that's i think that fight is iconic i love that yeah that's that movie, they just got so many good parts and it's so hard to pick apart the whole thing. But yeah, that movie, it's so solid. The story, the pace that they bring you through, the way that they do it. Because again, ultimately leading up to the bridge scene. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like I could almost watch the whole bridge scene right now. Like even from <laughs> them, like getting thrown out of the car, jumping down the bridge, the pace that they like leave you in suspense to confirm this is Bucky and Steve finds out when you pretty much already know like you yeah. know because I think at that point you see Bucky's brain get wiped yeah or is that is or, that that's that's just after the bridge that's isn't it just after yeah because okay, the so is the they haven't done the screen yet but they they have him and you're like this is probably Bucky like we've heard the rumors we've watched we've we've seen everything leading up to this movie we're like this is probably Bucky this is probably Bucky yeah 
and then he's fighting this guy like to the death like they're trying to kill each other yeah. the knife fight the knife fantastic the, like the sounds the sounds of the metal arm yeah. like going on through that scene are insane like it just again I, I i have to revamp on the pace that they like bring you through of like to find out yeah like you're like sitting there the music the score is amazing going through that part and you're like oh my gosh what's going on who's who, what's gonna happen you know uh scarlett johansson gets shot at that point yeah. like sam is just like doing his thing trying to yeah. get over to them and like you know everything's coming in on them because shield is now bad but yeah. the public doesn't know that so this may, just makes captain america look like the bad guy yeah and then he throws Bucky and the mask comes off and he stands up and he looks like he wants to kill him still. And he goes, Bucky. And he's like, who's Bucky? And they just like begin to fight. And like, you know, like, yeah, the, the rest of shield shows up and it's like Sebastian <gasps> Stan does two things in this sequence that I love. And he does one of them a couple times sometimes, like when he is playing the character that I love how like who the hell is Bucky is like a question, but it's so like non inquisitive of him like the way he's saying it, it's so cold like he's just like i don't know what the hell you're talking about yeah like he's just like who what and the, but he's still charging at him but then he also has like a physical i don't know if this is him or his stunt double or stunt coordinator whoever it is is very smart and deserves a raise <laughs> um bucky's metal arm every so often he like reloads it he like swings his arm around mm -hmm. and it has this little like kind of yeah. like motion and it's so aggressive and <laughs> scary. Yeah. And he does it. He like does it in Falcon the Winter Soldier at one point as like a stretch. But like in, have you seen Mission Impossible Fallout with Henry Cavill? No. Have you seen the trailer where he reloads his fist? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like that. Like it's like that thing where you see it and you're like, oh my God, this man. <laughs> like He's going to throw a punch. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, that arm is metal. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I do love that, again, to your point, we see, like, Steve is still human. Mm -hmm. He can get hurt. But how much weight he pulls in this fight is insane. Oh, yeah. Like, this guy's got this metal arm, and he's been trashing people. Yeah. This this urban legend mm -hmm. that has killed people over 70 years and not, uh, you know, been ever heard of or caught or have anything on him. Steve's, like, holding his own against this guy, and... I think those sounds and those movements, like you mentioned, like they, they, you feel the power in the arm. Yeah. And even just Bucky. Cause at this point you don't even really know he's a super soldier. Yeah. You just think this guy's got a metal arm. Yeah. But it's still like, it's so much weight in a fight. That's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to go back because there's, they, this movie, like I said, like they kind of throw them in like the born movies, like the kind of like shaky cam really like, I don't want to say disorienting, but like hyper energetic kind of action style. But at some moments they do a certain thing. There's a thing that Jackie Chan does in his fights, oh, which like, I love Jackie. Yeah. Chan. Shout out to Jackie Chan. I adore him. I um, hope he's doing all right today. I hope he, yeah, I hope you're doing well, Jackie. I know you're listening to this too. <laughs> you and Dwayne are sitting next to each other. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? But God, I, I'm oh, going to, I'm legend. going to imagine. <laughs> um, but he does a thing in his fights and I think other people do this as well. But the way that that fight is edited is a lot of American films and some Marvel films like guardians of the galaxy being one of those, even though I love that movie in action, they will, I, it's hard to say this like, but not visualize it, but like 
if someone is throwing a punch and each like frame of the video, right. As they're coming to make impact with someone, a lot of American movies will cut on when like, let's say the fist makes contact. Like if someone's punching someone in the chest, the fist makes contact with the chest. And once it makes contact, that's when they cut. And obviously like continuity wise, that makes sense because the fist was here. So in the next shot, it should be in the same place, but you can lose the effect of that hit. And Jackie Chan's movies do this and they, I'm almost certain they do it in this movie because I've watched it so many times, but I'd have to go back. The way that they edit their action is they, the, the punch will make impact. Like you'll watch it hit the chest in the first shot, but when they cut to the next shot, they will bring the fist back like two or three frames. Mm -hmm. So you see it twice, but your brain only registers it once and it actually registers the hit. So when you see like, for example, like when like Bucky knees Captain America in the chest or like flips him over his, or I think cap flips Bucky over his shoulder, like that is a little, it, it hits you harder in your core because you're, feeling the impact of it as opposed to like if someone kicks like you don't feel the your brain doesn't fill it in you're actually like seeing it exactly which is such a small thing and it's weird when you slow it down because you are watching someone's fist like go backward in time um but it works yeah exactly Yeah. yeah i know those fight scenes are so intense and like even the choreography of the fight itself like how fast they're going the little knife flip that bucky does like all that crazy stuff and like the again i i just keep thinking back of like how much stuff there is in the pace of like leading up to it and you're just like oh my gosh oh my gosh they're still fighting they're yeah. still fighting like they're just still just going at it and like neither of them can get the upper hand and it's just like so beautiful but um yeah that movie it's so good it's still my top of the mcu like yeah. when i have them ranked and there are many great movies in the mcu but that one there's just something to it for me that i'm always like I just I don't know I just love it's a deep Soldier. level like and they're yeah they're movies that I think are like like right on par with it and all this other stuff but it's just they just they did a great they really did it yeah like, and I think oh boy a similar thing is or one of the things to point out about like for me why it stands out so much is like you know at the end of the day not definitively but you're kind of either a Tony or a Steve guy if Civil yeah. War taught us anything yeah Team Cap or Team you're, you're either like oh I like the good guy. He's a not 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 the the good person, but like he's he's a good guy. Yeah, you, you know you like that, or you like the fun guy who's Tony. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like you know, there's those two sides, and I think this is the one that you see so much character development for Steve. Yeah, so you like grow with him, and if you if if he resonates with you in a sense more than Tony, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's that's great character development. Steve just learned so much. And like, I feel like I learned it with him. Yeah. I feel like I've gone through this journey with him because it's like such a deep level. On the other hand, you look at like Tony, which who also goes through an amazing character arc. Um, you know, say what you will about Iron Man three and mm-hmm. you know, as it is, but like, you know, you see him go through this thing, eventually getting to the point where I think for me, the pinnacle of Tony is Endgame. Yeah. Like at, at, I think a bunch of people would agree with me. Yeah. We're like, finally he fully redeems everything he's ever done yeah and he sacrifices himself like to save the universe like right like you see that part um i feel like 
I feel like I'd think about it a little bit longer before I'm like, this is my final answer. But I feel like Steve gets really close in this movie to like that pinnacle. Yeah. Of like, oh man, this is the movie where like you see Steve be Steve so much, you yeah. know? And it also like kind of like talking about how like from where he is here and 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 Endgame, like talking about like how sad his life is and how committed he is to his cause so consistently that his whole system can fall but he will still he's still true to his cause and he's still consistent with it that in Endgame where he like I've I've heard some people like like talking about Endgame where they're like Tony shouldn't have been one the one to sacrifice himself it should have been Steve and I'm like Steve has given enough mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yeah he like uh an ending like a good ending is one that is deserved because of the like due to its characters and Steve deserves to rest and not in a post-mortem way mm-hmm. but like in a like he needs to take a nap and like make his bed enjoy life and for a yeah he needs yeah. to enjoy his life because he never got to yeah and this is like exhibit a of like him being like yeah like everything's gone but like i've still got people and captain yeah. america and i'm just gonna keep doing that and no one can stop me and they don't <laughs> right and they don't yeah i think to your point like this has been building since Avengers one where he's like, you're not the one Tony who's going to lay on the grenade. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if uh, I've learned anything about storytelling and story writing, as far as like deep, my experience in D and D and stuff like that, it's like, if you can do that s- slow trickle of like foreshadowing or like yeah. looking back on something that like, Oh, like they told us, <laughs> you yeah. know, like we, we, we've known about this premise since 2012 when they came out with Avengers, you know, and like they said this and you're like, Oh my gosh, Tony's been cooking on this. Yeah. Like this has been sitting in him and baking for so long. Yeah. And it happens and you're like, whoa, like that's character development, this crazy stuff. And again, Steve, we know that he's not going to rest. No, we know that like through this movie, Scarlett Johansson is like, Hey, like go date that girl. Enjoy your life. And he's like, I just can't. Yeah. Like there's still work to do in that sense. And like, he's still Captain America and he's still got to push through with these things. So when you get to that point where, he rests at the end of Endgame and he just enjoys his life. And he, even the part where he gives like Sam the shield and he's like, you want to tell me about something? He's like, no, I don't think I yeah, will. He's like, I just, don't need to. I've just enjoyed my life. Like it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, that Steve Rogers. What a good guy. America's sweetheart. My favorite thing me. about it is in the Falcon, the winter soldier where everybody is on the same page that Steve Rogers is like unreplicatable. Mm-hmm. that they're just like even Baron Zemo like he's like super soldiers need to go down and they're like what about Steve and he's like no 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 yeah I agree Steve was great but nobody else can be him like everybody is on they even the villains out. are like no yeah Steve was an anomaly yeah <laughs> so he's he's not the example he's, yeah he's a yeah he's not the rule Um, yeah good on Steve Steve Rogers I yeah. hope he comes back I'm, he I'm personally glad that they never like soiled him yeah. Like I'm glad they never like committed and were like, all right, Steve's gonna be bad in this movie or like something. Yeah. Like even through Civil War, like personally, I don't know. I, I again you were either in a sense like Team Tony, Team Team Cap at like through all that. Um 
but I never feel like even when he's going against the literal government of the world, yeah, that he's the bad guy. <laughs> no, well, even like because the movie like like Civil War working as I know people like it's Avengers two point five and all this stuff, which I get, but like the Civil War does a really great job building off this movie because like when Tony is like, hey, like we should put all of our power in the hands of the United Nations, and he has a line. Steve has a line in that movie where he says, uh, he says it's run by people with agendas and agendas change. And, you know, you, you can make one, any kind of real world meta commentary on that if you want. But like in the eyes of Steve, like two years ago, his entire, he found out his entire system was run by Nazis. Like, like, (laughs) like, like literally. Yeah. He, like, he's not, gonna naturally gonna be super welcome and that's his character fulfilling that he's like no I'm not making that same mistake again yeah like I trust Interesting in us the governing thing yeah he's like I trust us to make those right decisions and all that kind of stuff because the 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 line that I think is shortly after that off the top of my head um, where they're talking I think with Ross mm-hmm. where he's like what if you know they tell us we can't go when we think we need to or we don't yeah. think we should go and they tell us we have to like yeah that part of like he's gonna trust himself and the people that have this power yeah rather than people who don't have it but want to control it yeah and civil war is a great time the book is very different but similar in a lot of ways but also a lot of fun i got it somewhere here oh. we're looking for the book i also have it tucked away somewhere in my room um yeah i got it I think it's actually out in the living room. Yeah. Um, but no, I've had that for a long while. That's a good good one. Um yeah, we won't go into Civil War, but yeah. That's a pretty pretty fun story. Um I still think Winter Soldier is a better movie and agree. story, but Yeah. Yeah. Any lasting thoughts? Um These movies can be as good as they are, but at the end of the day, the hierarchy of power changed in front of us yeah and we didn't see it until we saw it yeah yeah that's good i saw it twice (laughs) oh man i had to confirm what i thought yeah yeah um yeah uh winter soldier guys i think it's just on disney plus rated pg-13 two hours and 16 minutes long came out in 2014 yep i also have it on apple movies so if you want to hack into my (laughs) account I've got it there. I've Dude, got the all the Rock behind is gonna the scenes. going to hack into your account now. You know what? Let him. <laughs> <laughs> Let him. He deserves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just tell I us watch, your password real quick. I watched Central Intelligence and I thought, you can hack into my account. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. Oh, Good movie. Check it out if you haven't. Um, yes. You could probably watch it alone as far as like not seeing the whole MCU. You might yeah. be a little confused, but it's still a good movie on its own. Sorry if we just spoiled everything and you haven't seen it, but also if you haven't seen it, that's totally your fault. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost 10 years old. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Black Adam. Oh boy. The rock is great. He is. Um, I'm going to start with, I loved this movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was exactly like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I saw someone made a point that I thought was funny that it was like, the rock kept talking about that this movie was 15 years in the making and which is like props to him for like being so dedicated to this movie and this character that he got the movie made. 
but also for a movie that's been in the works for almost two decades, you could argue that you could have a a different kind of movie. I still had a lot of fun with it. And I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in it. Um, And I think it's effective in ultimately what it's trying to do. Yeah. But I I haven't seen all of the DCU. Um, I've seen the majority. They're not as connected as the MCU. I just think that the universe they built just produces movies like this is the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like if they try to break out of that or like even just be like entirely diverse. Yeah. I feel like they could make more movies that are more widely loved like the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also tough because, yeah, it's like I won't get into this because I could talk about this and have for a very, very long time. <laughs> but like, you know, this movie was built on the foundation of Zack Snyder's films, which... I like Zack Snyder as a person. I think he's got a lot of talents, but I think he is a, he is, I don't want to say hypocritical because that's not really true, but like the, the themes of his movies versus what actually happens in them are at conflict with each other. Mm. Um, yeah. Like man of steel is a movie about Superman becoming the savior of the world. And he actively and consciously throws a, like, levels a city. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, evading danger. He's, like, throwing propane trucks at people. Yeah. And, like, throwing a man through a building and stuff like that. And so it's hard. Yeah, that, that like, you're, like, this, a big part of this movie. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But. But you're not really saying it. <laughs> yeah. And, like. This and this movie kind of unfortunately has to bear the weight of that in a lot of ways because this movie, unlike the MCU, like the MCU doesn't really have a problem with its heroes killing people. Um, right. This movie, one of the characters, Hawkman, is very like they, they make a very clear point that Black Adam isn't like the other heroes because he's killed people, which I would say, uh, in this world, who cares? Because Superman has killed people. Yeah. Batman, who n- normally very obviously doesn't kill people, kills a lot of people. Wonder Woman has killed people. Aquaman yeah. has killed people. The Flash doesn't have a movie yet, so we'll leave him. <laughs> we'll see if he kills people. Um, yeah, we'll see if he kills people. But it's like all of your Justice League are murderers. Yeah. So Black Adam isn't edgy. He's just Superman. <laughs> um yeah, I think, like I mentioned, like this movie is exactly what you think it is, and I mean even more yeah. specific, like this is the exact movie that you 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 think what would happen in this movie is the exact thing that you would expect The Rock to do as an antihero. Yeah, with limitless power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it really is like down to the specifics, and you know, I I nonetheless have so much actual respect for The Rock as like an actor, agreed, being in everything, and like I, I think that this kind of takes him uh, if the term i'm using correctly out of the typecast that he's usually in yeah where i feel like he's usually the character that he is in jumanji Mm -hmm. jumanji 2 Mm -hmm. skyscraper Mm -hmm. san andreas rampage rampage like he plays the rock yeah which is even in moana yeah he plays the rock yeah 
and they even have him do the eyebrow <laughs> exactly yeah and and i love it i'm, I'm not gonna lie I, I genuinely do love it like i love the character he plays and this character was different than you would expect the rock to play but like this is who i saw him playing yeah you know what i mean like the anti-hero that like um <clears throat> just as a heads up there spoilers yeah spoilers let me do this really quick for for the sake i'm gonna read the little synopsis so people aren't super lost as we start to cont- or continue to analyze um nearly five thousand years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly oh oh uh sorry the almighty powers of the egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly black adam is freed from his earthly tomb ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world um the elongated version oh it's actually pretty short still uh let's see if it's any different reawakening after 5000 years black adams becomes the world's ruthless protector an anti-villain to take on the likes of superman and wonder woman now in the 21st century black adam must face off against the justice society of america and its heroes dr fate hawkman adam smasher and cyclone the fate of the world hangs in the balance um what i think is really interesting is that they don't super clearly pit the actual JSA against Black Adam in combat. Mm-hmm. Most of their like fighting or conflict is very verbal. Yeah. You notice that? Well, he also doesn't really fight many of them. He kind right. of just fights Hawkman. Right. Even to the point where like at one point, Dr. Fate was like, he goes, I think I'm going to sit this one yeah, out. Yeah. He just and I lets was them like, fight. I was like, you're a God. <laughs> right you can see the future yeah fight him <laughs> yeah and i feel like there's a little bit of a scene that they they like try to like stop him like at the yeah site like that like crashes center. down and all that stuff yeah. um and even then it's kind of like it happens but black adam doesn't like fight back no he doesn't like go and just start smashing on him um but no yeah i think i have to admit um, again, spoilers entirely. I kind of noticed that they weren't showing the father's face in the flashbacks. Yeah. You know, and I was like, as soon as I noticed they weren't showing his face, I was like, I feel like that's The Rock's character. Yeah. I don't know how he necessarily becomes him. And I wasn't like guessing it, you know, or, or thinking, or overthinking it during the movie. But I just felt like um, they're doing these flashbacks and they're like, oh, the, our hero of of our enslaved nation and, and everything, he became black Adam, but then like his father actually becomes black Adam. Mm. And that's why he's kind of ruthless. Cause he wasn't as good as his son as like yeah. far as the hero. He wasn't meant to nation. be chosen. Yeah. And, um, what do you, th- I, I still can't decide what I think, I guess in a sense, what do you think of his character development? I think, I think it's pretty short. Yeah. And like this, it's what I appreciate about this movie is, is like, it's not necessarily trying to be something else. Like, whereas like other movies are like trying to be like very heavy. Like this movie enjoys having fun, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, I think he, he, it doesn't it's weird because he's like 
<laughs> the more yeah. I'm like actually thinking about how his character moves in this movie. Yeah. And he's basically like, this is really reductive. Basically, he learns to not have a tantrum. Yeah. In a way. Like, he realizes he doesn't need to kill everyone. Because he's like, like they they bring up like he like the the story of his the Black Adam's real name is Teth Adam and like the story of this legend is that he became champion and he went to go fight this evil emperor and in the battle the town was destroyed and both of them were uh lost with time basically and Teth Adam actually saved the day though yeah that he saved the day um. But then the movie tells you that the truth is is that he couldn't handle his own rage and there and therefore just ex- basically like a like a nuclear bomb just it just destroyed everything with his power yeah, and just... the wizards that granted him his power imprisoned him as a consequence and his whole like him being ruthless like it's tough because Black Adam as a character is like a villain for Mm -hmm. a really long time and then like every now and again we'll do things not because it's heroic but because he deems it to be right for himself yeah and making a movie like this is tough because like usually like villains have character flaws and as a protagonist you need to evolve someone past those character flaws so like black adam as a character can't really change he can't become more humble he can't become less violent he can't become more heroic he has to kind of be as he is because that's who he is Mm -hmm. and if you change it then you're changing him yeah because you can't have him be go from like super murdery to less murdery because it's not good that doesn't feel like anything well yeah because it was also one of those movies like you mentioned like in the legend he's teth adam yeah and then they don't even call him black adam in the movie it does that thing where it's like well what should we call you and it ends and i i I would have loved to see uh what is it lincoln parks in the end instead like one of those 2007 cutbacks where like it does that and then it goes it does the the title screen black adam but it doesn't say it ever yeah it was like that like that mixed with this is the first movie in like a thousand years that has decided to do a big sky beam like there was an era in blockbusters where like like in avengers like a big beam goes into the sky and yes. bad stuff happens because of it and yes. there was like 20 movies like in like the span of like three years that all did, all that. did that you had to every transformer movie had it right? kind of stopped yeah and it's not as long is in this one but there is a big sky beam in the third act and i was like guys we're really doing this again like um but it's it's fun and like yeah it's also it's power and centralized and people find you easier and yeah like i get it and like i will say like i really i feel like the jsa doesn't have a lot of characterization beyond the actors and their personalities and they're like aesthetic, which is cool. Like I'm, I love Dr. Fate. I'm so happy that, and Hawkman, like I'm so glad that I, it's so cool that they were treated with such like genuine 
love and care and like they're right they, they were just cool. written off yeah and they act cool and like they're played by two great actors like um and same with adam smasher and and cyclone i thought cyclone visually looked really cool oh i gotta say i i mentioned it but um I, I i agree with what you're saying about the jsa like i think they chose the characters well they put the right amount of devotion into them i'm glad that they didn't throw him away and like throw him in front of black adam and then he killed them all because he's actually way more powerful than them I or was something terrified of that going into I, this. that's the thing that's why i was like i, I don't want them to fight for too long because he'll kill them yeah because he could because that's the premise of the movies that he's so powerful he needs to learn because he do. will yeah um i really was a big fan of noah centineo as adam smasher yeah being like the real adam smasher's uh, nephew yeah. or, or grandson wonderful like, Henry Winkler cameo uh, <laughs> right I, I actually love his character as it and again like you mentioned it just felt like the actor played the character yeah like they just took their personality there which, was I don't know how you feel about that which like yeah it's like it's weird because there's a moment in the movie where Cyclone and Adam Smasher are having a conversation <laughs> and she tells him his her origin and she, we learn about her as a character, and it's interesting. It's weird that that feels jarring. That's that one of the JSA telling us, or like us learning about this character, we're like, what? Like we're thrown off because one, it is a little like exposition heavy, and like it's not written as subtly as you could. Yeah. Um. But like, also, yeah. It's like I, Doctor Fate's really cool. Pierce Brosnan plays him really well. I don't know anything but about this. But they're introing four, yes. four new heroes. True. Like staple heroes of the DC. Or well, I don't know about all of them being, but like I know th- I don't know anything about Cyclone, but I know like the yeah. other three. Like they're staples. Yeah, they're pretty. Like they're not just like, oh yeah, he, we picked these random people to kind of be in it because we want to like debut them. It's like they debuted bigger names. Yeah. And again, like you said, like they all did well. Um, have you ever seen To All the Boys I've Loved? I have. He plays the, the same one. character. Yeah. That's and the funny part. I also... No, Noah Centineo. I thought it was funny that they kind of gave him some like... Of like Flash's attributes. Like I was like, oh, I get what type you are on this team. Like the Flash has a bit where he... Because he moves so fast, his metabolism works at such a rate that he has to consume like 8,000 calories yeah. a day. And so he's always snacking. And they do that with Adam Smasher where he literally at one point he's like, it takes a lot of energy to smash Adams and he's just always snacking. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I see what you're doing. Like I, I which is fine. Like I think it's a fun bit. Physiologically. It also makes sense. Yeah. For both true. of them. Right. Like metabolism has got to be fast. Like, yeah, it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> but they've done it. <laughs> but like, I, I think it's like, it's interesting. Cause it's like black Adam, obviously like, is a lead character and therefore he is your priority but like supporting character wise like you want to build up some of them like so you get to know them which i feel like i watched them but i didn't really get to know a lot of them even like right. the family like of like um adriana tomas and her son like i feel like 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 the son likes superheroes and the mom is like she's fighting against the government and her husband is gone and like that's all that i really know about her um you know which is unfortunate because like there you know like i feel like you can take you don't have to devote like a whole sequence to them but like you can build 
the memorable characters and and, te- and learn things about them. Like Falcon is not a big part of the Winter Soldier. Bentley's um, running everywhere right now. He's search- He's looking for Black Adam. Um, <laughs> oh no! But oh, the crown. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but like Falcon isn't a big part in the Winter Soldier. But like you learn that you know his backstory you know that he had a partner and that because of his partner's death that he's working with the va that he's trying to help other people who have suffered losses and all this other stuff you like learn about the character and black adam isn't super concerned with that yeah um it doesn't feel like they have much plans for the other characters no which you know and i again spoilers for black adam like dr fate is killed, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. I mean, I'm not surprised. That I think Pierce they did Brosnan, it well. I think they did too, and I'm sure other people have been Doctor Fate, so I'm sure that Alter Ego will come back. And I'm not surprised that Pierce Brosnan maybe wasn't signing on for like six movies, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like I liked them. I liked getting to see a super team work together, because like. Right, we just uh, like we haven't really gotten a ton of that with the Justice League for many reasons, and like the Avengers get to do that a lot of time. But I feel like as the movies went on, sometimes they like other than like the first Avengers movie and like the intro to Age of Ultron, they like focus less and less on like their powers interacting with each other. Right, which this movie does in in some fun ways. Um, yeah, which like I I really appreciated seeing that that was a lot of fun yeah i gotta say in, in seeing that the the thing i have to make known is like i really like cyclones cgi it looked so cool <laughs> it looked i think they did it so well because when you first like you're hearing about her and you're like she's like i got the wind powers you're like okay. and it's like and, and like you said we don't get a super deep look at all the characters we don't really learn much about them um it's kind of like hey here they are yeah <laughs> you know um we still get like such a good performance of the characters, I think. Yeah. Um, even the, you know the visual effects, you kind of expect it for Doctor Fate, like a lot of cool like sorcery type of stuff, and yeah, and you know Doctor Strange type of yeah uh, vein. But then with like Cyclone, she's like, yeah, I control the wind. She jumps out the plane and like literally becomes like a tornado and all yeah. this stuff, and like the colors that are flashing around from her outfit and like all that kind of stuff. I just think they do such a good job of making it like visually pleasing. And there wasn't any point where I was like, Oh, that looked lame. Or no. like that looked bad. It, like it looks good and it, the, it brings together the environment. I remember when the first trailer, cause I, I, I won't lie. Like I'll be honest <coughs> when this movie came out, like I was kind of ragging on it. I was like, I, I stop. Like I like, cause at one point Dwayne Johnson came out and said, that, cause the first Shazam movie, black Adam was supposed to be the villain. Yeah. Cause black Adam is Shazam's like main nemesis. And, Dwayne Johnson read the script and was like, we, he's like, no, we should separate these guys and let them do their own movies. And like, I haven't read that script. So like, you know, he might have made the right call, but also like it feels it's almost in the same way. Cause he's like, we can't do both of their origins at the same time. Right. But like, I've seen Spider-Man one. I know that you can do the hero's origin and the villain's origin at the same time and right. have a really effective character and a really effective relationship. So like I was like I I don't know why it's necessary for him to have his own movie. Props to them, they really brought it in a lot of ways in like introducing characters that the fans had really wanted to see for a really long time of making a movie that 
you know, I love the MCU. I think a lot of people's criticisms of certain movies being kind of visually uninteresting and maybe a little like rushed in terms of effects and stuff like that. Black Adam almost exclusively with the exception of the villain at the end, who I think looks like a PlayStation two cutscene and doesn't look yeah. that great. Yeah. Outside of that, the movie, I remember watching the first trailer and I was like, this movie looks like visually really cool and really fun. And they have right. a lot of fun with it. Um, so like I appreciate that a lot and I think that's a really that was very smart um, right because also I like when the, movies look like movies the money um, into the side that makes it look good yeah right, for sure because yeah if you have 250 million dollars <laughs> why not you can make it look pretty good <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no I think for me like you mentioned the PlayStation 2 villain I think the story of anti-villain is hard to do yeah. Right. Especially when you try to, you want to make them kind of the good guy. Yeah. Like they tried to make him the good guy and the savior of the town, the city, whatever, the country, whatever. Kandak. Kandak. Um, they want to make him the like the savior of that place. Yeah. Right. Like that is the goal. If you see character arc, you see him bad guy, misunderstood. They want to get him to savior. Yeah. And, but he's going to do things his own way. Right. Like, yeah. I think that's, difficult because you need to make a more bad guy yeah who's who's actually bad but if you look at like again in the moral compass of like steve rogers you're like we know he's the good guy he's not killing people you know he kind of is but he's not doing it for no reason he's also killing people because on this boat he's going to save people yeah you know like overall he's he's doing a good thing when we look at uh black adam i think there's like one part that i can really only think about where he's like i'm not going to kill this person or i'm going to kill this person because i'm going to save the kid yeah but that's not his priority like no. it never becomes like the thing where he's like oh i need to save the kid i also don't feel like at any point black adam like i'm not wondering if he's gonna do the right thing i just feel like he's kind of like grumpily doing it like he's right he's not like you're not like, oh, is he gonna? Is he gonna be a hero? Is he gonna be the protector? Like, because a, a character being violent and a villain and still a protector of his people exists. Like Doctor Doom exists. Right. Like he's a dictator and a bad guy, but his people love him because he runs the country well. Like, you know, like they're <laughs> Latvia like, is still taken care of. Yeah, they Latvia. Right uh, Latveria. I was like, it's so close. It's yeah, not Latvia. it's it's really close. <laughs> um, and like the movie brings up a really interesting point, which. I'm kind of upset that they don't really directly answer when um, Adriana Tomaz, the like freedom fighter, she talks to the JSA and she's like, because like all the people are booing, all the people of Kondok are booing the JSA and they're like, we're here to save you. And she's like, Kondok as a nation was, has been occupied by a gang for like 30 years. And the E gang, what's it called? Uh, Intergang. Intergang. Yes. I'm sorry. I hate that. It's a pretty I've decided, dumb name. I've decided I hate that name. That's it's, fair. It's bad. Their bikes were cool. The <laughs> they were like they were teleporting not the Mandalorian cool. colored Vespas. No, that's true. <laughs> they were they were cool looking bikes. That's true. And like <laughs> she talks to like Hawkman and Doctor Fate at one point, and she's like, "We've yeah. been occupied by a gang for thirty years, and you guys have been sitting doing nothing." Like mm -hmm. you knew we were doing this and all of a sudden he shows up and now we're like, we're your priority. 
like where were you and i think she deserves an answer to that question that they never got and they they never give her one because yeah, yeah that's a good point i think they could have even done a little bit more writing and made an answer even if it was a bad answer that made one of them look bad yeah i think they could have done it all they could like just write in a few more paragraphs of lines of them explaining or like you know like something happened a clerical yeah. issue i don't know well even like going to like like talking about civil war like you can kind of like they don't state it but like the justice league exists at the same time as the jsa so like they're two right. societies both with justice in the name that are existing at the same time so like what why are they not in the same group and like i feel like they never explicitly say it but like my uh, assumption of it is that the justice league are independently funded most likely by batman and the jsa are like an american group like a usa government paramilitary group yeah and it's like sokovia accords that they're probably like they didn't send us to you guys right until now um, yeah because you see a little bit of infrastructure when they decide to go because black adam's there yeah but like that's one of those things that it's like that's one line of dialogue to just fill that to let us know because now we're sitting there we're like okay well how good is the jsa then if right. they'll let they a, start to look like the bad guys a country be run by interganged interganged for 30 years yeah you know like i which it, it it's an interesting angle but like it's not one that it gets brought up but then it's like left there yeah and i think it is i almost feel like they could have thought of that and chose not to address it because again it makes the jsa look bad yeah but we're in the realm of making the bad guy look better yeah and so that's the, that's that tricky part that i think that comes with anti-villainry because again when we look at the bad bad guy the playstation 2 villain here story-wise i'm not a writer I, I i try to have the most respect for like people who do things yeah and it's and it's hard as the role. And, like, nobody tries to make a bad right movie. but i'm gonna be honest i'm i'm working on in my podcast and and life being being honest with my opinion mm -hmm. and you know even if it's in a sense controversial so my honest opinion is that it's a it feels lazy to make the bad guy just the bad version of the anti-villain because if you haven't seen it basically so black adam teth adam mm -hmm. gets his powers granted by the council of wizards these gods who give him power and say you have power now the bad bad guy <laughs> gets his power from the demons that operate the same way yeah that say you have bad power now and it's also an acronym and that's like yeah I just feel like I understand like they're working with comics and they're trying to like adapt it. Right. So they're yeah. like trying to make it seem realistic, but it feels lazy to be like, all right, our bad guy who we want to be the good guy gets his power from the council of wizards that already happened to Shazam. But now our bad, bad guy is going to get his powers from the bad version of the council yeah. of wizards from hell, from hell, literally, <laughs> literally from yeah. hell. Like that scene where they just committed and they were like, all right, they've opened the door to hell. And now this guy's going to walk in because he's, he's uh born to it or he has the right or whatever. Yeah, it was. He's like an ancestor. He's an ancestor of hell, which I, I like, I will, I will let movie be movie and like accept <laughs> this, but like, 
I I always think it, this isn't the first movie to do it, but I always think it's funny where like like that guy he's like I am the ancestor of the emperor that you killed, and I'm like, dude, that was five thousand five thousand years. I'm ago. like, how do you even know that? And you're sitting on this. Who who is telling you? Yeah. Who is keeping that record? Yeah. Also, the palace was obliterated. Right, and so any records? How how do we know? Yeah. Like I, I you did a blood test. Yeah, <laughs> he like twenty three did mead and was like, oh wow, I'm gonna go fight Black Adam. <laughs> um, for, for for clarity's sake, for if you haven't seen it yet, um, basically the the emperor that was enslaving the people five thousand years ago, who Teth Adam fought against and killed, his his descendant is the bad guy. Yeah, five thousand years later, just straight up, he's like, "Yeah, you know, my bloodline actually still correlates with this ancient artifact that will give me the demon powers." Yeah, this is. I I want to make one quick just plead to the Rock, who I know is listening. Um, I I think I I, I can't remember if I've said this to you before, but I'm waiting for the day that we get a movie starring the Rock where they don't have to explain why he's as big as he is. It's my favorite thing. Like Black Adam, they it's where they it's, look at him yeah. and they go, "You're huge." And they're like, "We have to explain why he's that big." Because like Black Adam, easy. It's the comic books. Like this is what happens. Like yeah. he says Shazam, he becomes big. But like you look at like skyscraper or like Rampage is like the specific one for anybody who hasn't seen Rampage. He is like a member of like a wildlife preservation exhibit, and he's like this like warm, like caring, like teacher and like wants to like bring back like all these like species that are going extinct like his best friend is this like uh gorilla like this albino gorilla who like talk sign language through and it's this cute like relationship that they try to build and then they like flash back to the fact that like Dwayne Johnson was like in like a paramilitary group that was like hunting like big game hunters <laughs> and that's how he met the ape and I'm like I I would I just want to see a movie where he shows up and he's just a big guy. Yeah. And that's only for my satisfaction. So Dwayne, just whatever we don't script need the backstory. Whatever script you're, you're working on next where someone gives that one line of like, this is why you're big, just cut it. I don't think we have to we you're big in real life. Because you work hard. And we accept it. Yeah, we all know you're big. Yeah. Some and people we love it. are big. They're not all ex-military. Yeah, 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 we're not like seeing you know back in the day when Jonah Hill was you know bigger. Every time they have to like mention, yeah, that, they like, don't he's have to shape. explain why he's bigger. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. That's just him. Yeah, like he could just be that. It size. didn't have the flashback to like him being unhealthy and eating bad. Like. Yeah, I've had that thought for like five years. I really, just, yeah, I just it's such a silly little thing. Yeah, but it just makes I, I this movie obviously gets an easy pass with it so right I yeah accept it he's supposed to be well because there's even that time. stuff <laughs> that they were like talking about like with the muscle suit where yeah. he was like i don't want a muscle suit i don't want any any prosthetic type of like muscle enhancement he just wants to get huge for this movie i think it's funny that they even considered and did build a version with padding <laughs> for the rock right why how much bigger was it yeah. Or did he just end up fulfilling? I'm convinced that 75% of his actual muscle tissue is padding. Like, he's already so big. As like, is. Yeah, I'm like, the, the idea that you were like, yeah, we need to enhance that. He's like eight feet tall. That guy's huge. <laughs> he's huge. He's great. Um, yeah, but I, 
I also the one thing about Black Adam that like you said is tough with like the anti-villain anti-hero kind of thing is like Black Adam kills people but he only kills people that deserve it in a way like you know what I mean who also kill people who also kill people yeah who are doing what he's doing yeah so it's like like obviously like but again it's like when we when we put it in the context of a world where the heroes already kill people that do bad things like it doesn't make it unique at all and like they do a very clear like Terminator 2 like Arnold and John Connor thing with the kid and like I feel like the difference with the T with how it was in T2 is like John Connor is like telling him how to be a better human and he's like no 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 you don't do this you don't do it this way and like Arnold's programming is to do it a certain way because he was designed to kill Sarah Connor and like all that stuff <laughs> like but the whole interaction which is still fun but like kind of misses I think part of it is like with the kid in Black Adam is that he's just like oh let me tell you how to brand yourself let's talk right. about the aesthetic that is Teth Adam like yeah. instead of being like like no 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 that person didn't do anything wrong like don't just kill these people for this reason like he only like even when like Hawkman at the end of the battle where he's like you know he's like do the thing like be Black Adam like other than Hawkman being like all right now it's warranted like it's like obvious even if you you didn't even have to say it he was gonna and great way to kill the villain right he split him in half and I thought that that was really fun um but yeah like it's like at no point do I really and I think it's the tough thing with the rock is like as much as I love him and I think his character is fun like I can't remember if I've talked to you about it because I think it's important knowing this when you look at the rock and how he makes movies and everybody's process is their process and I respect it have I can't remember if I've told you or if you've heard how they choreographed the fights in the Fast and the Furious no so they have assistants that and there's a whole article about this you can read this it's insane that this is how they choreograph these fights that basically are like math so they mm-hmm. basically build out the fight so that no person gets hit as worse as more than they hit so every fight is equal and there are no stakes so it's like if someone punches someone in the face that is equivalent to two kicks and they've like charted this out so it's like if you punch me i kick you twice if you go through a wall i go through a table and no fight ends in a clear winner oh, if you watch okay. those fast and yeah, furious yeah. movies people are always like like someone steps in at the end yeah. or and this is real the ground breaks beneath them and they have to fall out <laughs> and there's actually a story of in there's a fight between the rock and jason statham where the fight ends with the rock grabbing his partner who is a woman and they smash through a window as the building explodes and there was a discussion as to whether or not that was cowardly because the rock left the fight that he evaded the fight and whether or not that makes him less of a man and they said no it doesn't because he's saving a woman that is a real conversation that they really had and (laughs) it's really hard to take that in and the idea that there are assistants doing math as to like how to make sure the fight 
is and this is what i was talking about the winter soldier it's like the rock can't really allow himself to get hurt right even when he like loses in the movie when he gives up his power he does it because he does it Mm -hmm. he decides to do it yeah and like narratively i can see where how they mapped it out so that it works that way Mm -hmm. but the rock won't let it be that he will get beaten right and I, get, I know what you mean. And that I think is a, is a hard part with this movie is that it's like not just that, but like he won't allow Black Adam to be villainous in a way that is that you can have a discussion about. Because that right. because the rock has to do the rock movie, which is fine. Like that's like I get that. Like. You know, like I, I've seen movies from the eighties, like you know, like Arnold does like you know, like Arnold was Arnold. You know, all American an all American Austrian man. And like <laughs> he like never got hurt and he always saved the day and all that stuff. And that's fine, that's totally warranted. Like that that's totally okay. You can have those movies. I'm not saying those shouldn't exist, but like it's hard because Black Adam isn't that kind of character. Yeah. And so like while it's fun, I think The Rock gives a good performance and kind of goes against type in being more brutal. He's I I can still see that those production assistants doing math while Dwayne Johnson is right. sitting in his super suit, like in between takes, um, which is like my one kind of like thing with it outside of it being a movie in and of itself and how it's structured and the story it's trying to tell yeah that i'm like you have a you you're so committed this one part that like you're kind of losing a bit of the character in a way yeah and i feel like those things the real life things that get in the way of like telling the full story or what it would be is like it feels like the movie doesn't get to the depth that it needs to to like be a good movie Mm-hmm. like you said the other yeah. two movies that we talked about like they get to a really good depth and they make you feel and they like like raise stakes and watch things burn and like get realistic and make you feel it where like sometimes these movies where it comes down to those like again almost political things because of things they can or cannot do and like yeah. contracts and clauses and whatever like <clears throat> it like holds it back from getting to that potential portion where it's like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. Yeah. Or like, um, again, makes you feel, gets to the depth. Yeah. And I feel like that might be one of those things. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like they, like, they just do, they have to do. Yeah. And like it, it's successful like in that it is entertaining. Again, I think visually yeah. looks really good. I think all the actors are having a ton of fun and like, I want to see them return. Like, mm-hmm. I think like, the black Adam suit looks really cool, especially at the end. Like when he's got all the gold and all that stuff is cool. I'm so grateful that the rock pushed for Henry Cavill to come back as Superman as much as he did. Cause I'm so excited that he's back. Cause I think he's a great choice for that role. Agreed. And I'm excited to see where he goes with it. So there's like a lot of stuff that I really admire and I'm like a fan of, but it's just tough of that. Like, like how do you yeah how do you make a a story about a villain where superhero movies have been so about like the hero becoming the hero and if you have a villain becoming a villain in like a big blockbuster that's not like Joker 
or something like that. Right. Where it's like, no, like the you can't get around the Joker not being a really bad person. Yeah. Um, like he kills for fun. Yeah. Like he's, you know, people are horrified when they see him do the things that he does in that movie. Um, like having to do that in like a summer blockbuster is difficult. And like, so the fact that it's not as like, you could say like well executed or whatever, like is fine. And it's entertaining. And like, I'm excited to see where it goes. And like, I appreciate his commitment, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard act to balance. Right. You know, right. What they're writing is difficult to, yeah. to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it, well, okay. It's kind of the portion. It doesn't feel like they committed to a definitive thing. Mm -hmm. They wrote like this middle ground thing in hopes of pleasing everyone. Yeah. And Hey, maybe it doesn't upset anyone, but did it really please anyone? Yeah. You know, like they wrote this middle ground of like, Hey, he's not bad. He's not good. He's, he's this character and we're going to commit to neutrality. Yeah. And if we learned anything about neutrality and what is it, Switzerland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one of those things like it's so middle ground, which like, hey, yeah, maybe we don't piss anyone off about our decision. Yeah. But then you didn't make a decision. No. It's it's like the well, just full, like just to go as full circle as possible. Like it's like the chef thing. Like it's like you were in this fine restaurant. It's like, yeah, we can play. We can make what everybody's going to enjoy. But like mm -hmm. if we're just making like the classics then we're not what are we really doing yeah you know we're not really doing anything we're not committing to something yeah and we're not taking a stand or we're not you know deciding hey i'm gonna go against shield because it's actually hydra like we're not making a decision yeah we're 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 it's 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 one of those things um how do i put it we're not making a decision we're making the decision to not yeah. do something, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, we have made a decision, but the decision was to not do something. Was that we're not making a decision. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, it's that weird cycle where, you know, I, I don't know which route they want to go. And I'm not too much of a DC comic deep nerd fan in a sense where like I could tell you all about Black Adam. Mm. But I feel like it, it could have been better had they chosen to one of two things. Make him the bad guy. Yeah. Just commit. Make him the bad guy or make him a good guy. Make him, you know what? Turns out he plays well with people and, and he, he becomes this person that everyone loves. Yeah. But choosing, again, it's, it's a difficult bill to pay, but choosing the bad guy that we want people to like yeah, is difficult. It's, yeah. it's a hard thing to, to end the movie, walk out the theater and feel satisfied with. Yeah. You know? Because you end it and you're like, how do I feel about him? I don't know how I feel about him. Yeah. On the other hand, with Chef and, and, and Winter Soldier, you know how you feel about those things. Yeah. Because you you quickly align with someone who sticks to their guns and does what's right when it needs to be done. And you walk out of the movie and you're like, okay, I feel a particular way. The Black Adam is is such like a middle ground type of thing. Yeah. Where again, I loved the movie. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. I saw it twice. I had so you did. <laughs> yeah, I watched it twice. That's so funny. Um, yeah, like I could see myself watching it again because again, I love The Rock. I'm not not gonna not see the movie. Agreed. It's a great movie, and I'll throw money at it. Like, but 
how it left me feeling was no particular way. Yeah. Which is sometimes admittedly how I go into rock movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, 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 you know, it's tough. Cause it's like not every movie, you know, like has to be, you know, game changing. And like, again, going back to chef, like just to the whole, like if we just play the hits, then what are we actually doing? Uh, Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman's character, the owner of that restaurant, he says, "If you if you went to go see the Stones and Jagger didn't play Satisfaction, would you be happy?" Yeah, and he's and he's like, "No, I wouldn't." And it's like, so it's like there it it is, you know, maybe there isn't a right answer to it that it's, you know, I think my thing with The Rock is that it's always that answer, and like it's good that like yeah. we're in a society where like we can have other answers to that questions, but also like. Hollywood has become kind of a place and actually uh, not has become, but in a lot of ways, like has always been, but like maybe more recently has been leaning more towards that side of like our decisions that we're not making a decision. Right. And it's like, okay, well now it's becoming ubiquitous and now we're only listening to satisfaction. And like, as anyone who was around when radioactive by imagine dragons came out, (laughs) like you can enjoy that song, but when it's three weeks in and that's the only song you're listening to, isn't that the worst song on the planet? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, yeah, that's, ri- Imagine Dragons is, in short, how I feel about the state of Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Specifically Radioactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the puppet music video that it is. It's really weird. It's like a, the music video is like puppets. Am I like realizing a, I've never seen it? It's really weird. I remember watching it and I was like, Weird. It's like puppets in like, like Either dog I've never seen it or it's just been a really long time. What I'm actually, what I first imagined was uh, Dragon. Coldplay's, <laughs> got him, Coldplay's Life in Technicolor 2 music video. Okay. It starts out with like a weird little puppet show thing. Okay. If I'm not, it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. But uh, that's what I'm seeing now that I realize. Um, yeah, no, it's that decision to not make a decision. Yeah. And I think... Um, the storytelling of that is what leaves that people like the unsatisfied. Right. Yeah. Um, cause like I look back on my own personal experience of like, again, I, I, I'm not a Hollywood writer. I probably will never be. Um, so I have respect for them for doing it. Mm-hmm. And again, those people know what they're doing and you know, I mean, I guess some of them don't, but yeah. they get paid. <laughs> yeah. Very, they get paid well to, do to do that. So. And that's fantastic. I respect their craft. Um, but for me, like in my experience of writing stories for like D and D and like those storytelling things, you can't decide or you can't, yeah, you can't make the decision not to make the decision, mm. right? Like you have to commit to one of the things because then if not, it doesn't carry your people through it. Yeah. You don't feel like you're going through a story with your characters. You don't feel like your character is going to go through their own arc and develop because they're not. Yeah we're choosing to not do something with them. And it's like that weird, you know, like you said, ubiquitous, ubiquitous. I can't ever say it without ever thinking of, uh, Oh, it's been so long since I've seen it or heard the reference, but the Cosby show. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about, about that word? Maybe. Um, my, my 12th grade British teacher, uh, Carrie Luke is fantastic. Probably think about her at least on a weekly basis, about lessons <laughs> she taught us about life. Um, she always went back to Rudy Cosby's plagiarism attempt Mm. about the 
the ubiquitous melancholy of the downtrodden Indians. That's the sentence yeah. I think off the top of my head. She like does it for like her elementary school and they're like, you wrote this? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like, no, 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 right. this is plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, uh, that's what the word ubiquitous always reminds me of. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's ambiguous to say the least. And it's one of those things like even if we end this conversation on that, it feels ambiguous for people who leave it, right? Yeah. Like we're talking about not talking. Yeah. You know? Like it, you don't do that. I uh it's again as as I, I give some homework for sorry to give everybody homework, but another thing, like if you want to see a great example of like a Hollywood, <coughs> like a movie making a choice about how a character is going to be in the setting of their own movie, and then over the course of sequels reverting the completely opposite direction the diehard movies are a perfect example of that mm. john mcclain starts the character that like his whole thing and like what makes him so relatable is that he's a man and he gets injured and he steps on glass and it hurts and he can't walk and then by like four and five he is a god he's like <laughs> he's like doing backflips on motorcycles through like exploding helicopters and like jumping through buildings at yeah. like 67 and he's fine <laughs> and, that's gnarly and it's the same world like you can watch them like slowly kind of like change yeah how they're gonna how this character is going to interact with things and it becomes less compelling right yeah because it, it they take away that decision that they made yeah i'm curious i can't quite think of any other top of my head can you think of any movies that you feel like made the decision but they made the wrong decision you know what I mean? Like they they yeah. chose to commit, but they committed wrong. Um. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm not. I, I'll. I won't say anything more about his films after this. But like, I think making Batman a brutal murderer and Batman v Superman is really tough because. Yeah. He's not, like. I feel like if he was a man on the edge of... He is so, so disoriented that he was on the edge of murder that he felt that point where he was getting... Like... He was going to lose himself. Is more interesting than, like, Batman, like... And this is what he does in the movie. Like, driving the Batmobile over the heads of goons. Like, that's like some just because something's like edgy doesn't mean it's interesting or cool um yes it does oh you're right oh <laughs> also uh i love this movie the ending of the breakfast club they you've seen have you seen the breakfast club no. uh spoilers for the breakfast club so do you know like the whole like there's the archetypes of like all of them it's like yeah, the jock yeah, and the princess yeah. i know the, the premise yeah. so there's a character uh played by ali sheedy who's like the like outcast and she's like this kind of like weirdo sits in the back and she's like covered and all this other stuff and her and Emilio Estevez where the jock fall in love but it only happens and other movies have done this too but like it only happens when like they like put makeup on her <laughs> and he's like oh she's pretty and got I'm him like, I'm like guys come on like I I I think it's I think it's more fun if she doesn't have to conform to all that stuff. Like it was can, the eighties. Yeah, exactly. It was the eighties. Um, but they made a decision. They did make that's and that, true. That's they the did thing. make a decision. And that's the thing. It it for me the one of the movies I thought of, and maybe just because you mentioned Batman, 
I thought of the more recent one um, with Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. and I don't know. I guess I, I, I've only seen it once. I could probably watch it again and maybe have like a different opinion, but I didn't really like the movie mm. based on the decisions that they did. I, I think it was a good movie. Yeah. Like if I look at it again, analytically of like how well they did and again, the respect for the people who did it and even Robert Pattinson, I don't think it was a good movie based on the decisions they made or like, I didn't like the movie based on the decisions they made to do realistically everything they did yeah (laughs) you know like from the villain they villains they chose and how they wanted to portray them nothing against the performance of the people but like just like what they did like i look back and i'm like i don't think that was our decision but i'm i feel more resolute than i did watching black adam yeah you have an opinion coming out of it yeah exactly and it doesn't leave me with that ambiguous like non-opinion yeah where i'm like i don't know how i'm supposed to feel yeah right because i feel like they don't commit to that side and that's that thing um that even with again the batman they committed and some people like it some people don't yeah when you try to not commit and you try to be in the middle because you want more people to like it i feel like less people like it or the majority of people like it less i think it's like like as as someone who's like like made short films and like has like written features and stuff like that and like wants to direct more and stuff like that as well as acting like at least myself like obviously i want people to like the stuff that i make right that being said i think i would rather swing for the fences and make something terrible than make something that's like lukewarm right like i'd i i think the i would rather have someone yeah i would i if someone came out and was like uh that would be way worse to me than someone being like, that was the worst thing I'd ever seen. Because at least I'm right. eliciting a reaction A from strong them. opinion, like, good or bad, is better than like a non-opinion. Yeah. I would. And I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel, I feel similar where like, you know, I, I don't think it translates exactly, at least for music in a sense, um, I guess where I'm at creatively of like, mm. I'm trying to make music that I like and like, yeah that I like to make, you know, and like, I want to put it out there as like self-expression and, you know, I guess I'm not particularly looking for people who hate my music. Yeah, for sure. But I value a genuine opinion, good or bad, more than like a non-opinion, I suppose. Yeah. You know, like you said, that lukewarm, like, eh. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Like, Okay. <laughs> like, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's ambiguous. Yeah. I don't, I can't think of other words really to describe it right now, but. Cause if I made something and someone was like, this is bad, I can be like, okay, cool. Don't do that again. Right. Yeah. Like, what am I going for? Yeah. What does your opinion matter to me? You know, if it does, what are you saying and how can I be better? Like, yeah. You know, um, it's constructive even, even if it is harsh. Yeah. Right. I, I remember I did a short film in high school and someone, a friend of mine watched it and he came up to me like the, like two days later, like the next time I saw him, he was like, I watched that thing you made. That was something like that. <laughs> and I was like, I, like I could tell that he didn't want to say this was bad, but like it was very obvious that yeah, he yeah, thought yeah. it was bad. And I was like, great good like now i know and i was like 16 or something and i was like okay now i know to not make that kind of thing again right. uh and i haven't <laughs> yeah and, and that, that that's the point like it depends what you're going for again if you want like in in that industry i imagine like you want people to like it like yeah. you said like you want 
to get to a point where you can make something. And again, if you swing for the fences and it's a home run and people love it, like that's the risk you're taking. Yeah. But you're taking the risk. Yeah. You're not. And, and I guess maybe this is, this is where it warrants it. Dwayne, the rock Johnson doesn't have to take the risk to make money. No, <laughs> you know, no. he doesn't have to swing for the fences. And so maybe the character that he's written into, whether it's from his creative decisions or it's from others, like it doesn't have to be this big risk where it takes like a huge stand to be the character that it's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) The reality it's going to put us in regardless. Yeah. Is that, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like you could kind of look at that vein a lot in like any different type of media or any different type of like field and it's, Oh yeah. It's interesting. It's one of those deeper thoughts. Yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. But Dwayne, get cracking, man. <laughs> really? I mean, you're sitting next to Jackie. Yeah, you and Jackie Chan things. listen to this podcast together, yeah. of course. Like, go watch Police Story with him. Like, Dude. that's how you make a movie. Have you that's seen a bunch of Jackie Chan stuff? Uh, yeah, not as much as I'd like to. I watched the Rush Hour movies again recently. Classics. Yeah. Um, And I've seen, yeah, like, Police Story is great. Like, there's... He does a whole oh, bit, like it? so many practical. Like he kicks a pen with a pencil with his foot on a He's desk insane. and catches it with his hand. And have you ever seen the ladder fight? He, I around. can't remember the name of the movie, and I'm so sad that I can't remember the name. But if you look up Jackie Chan ladder fight, wait, he does a there's a kung fu movie that he does where he fights men with a like full ladder like an 11 foot tall metal ladder and he flips it around his back and he like jumps through it and it's amazing to watch and there are outtakes and you watch him like he will miss it and the ladder will fold on top of him yeah it's he doing all of his own stunts breaking like so many bones in the process like he's insane um i don't i genuinely don't know how he's still alive i'm glad that he is very happy that he is but some of the things that he's done i'm like dude how yeah have you seen skip trace no wait this looks like the wrong movie right now um is it the right one no this is totally the right movie uh there was this uh netflix movie jackie chan and johnny knoxville no (laughs) What a duo. That actually makes complete sense why you would put them in a movie together. So, um, Jackie Chan's a legend and he has made so many movies. Yeah. There was a, there was a moment me and my buddy Cy, uh, in high school, we would just like, we just got into Jackie Chan movies. Like even like not good ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just like, let's just watch it. Cause it's got Jackie Chan in it. And like the fact that he does his own stunts and it's all practicals, it's like so amazing to like watch. We're like, oh my gosh, like this is real. Definitely. It's so fun. And um, I think this is the movie. Skip Trace came out in 2016. It's like the classic Jackie Chan movie, but also like Johnny Knoxville kind of like just plays Johnny Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Kind of this like scummy gambler, like um, guy you can't trust, but like yeah. Jackie Chan like has to because he needs help or whatever. And it's just like such a goofy movie um with like all that practical stuff but it's like more recent like this isn't like young jackie chan this is like older jackie chan nice (laughs) i don't know if i'd say i'd recommend it it's also been a minute since i watched it but it's 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 a movie 
Yeah. That you can watch. <laughs> also, fun thing to look at with Jackie Chan talking about action stars and stuff like that. He always starts as the underdog. Mm-hmm. He never fight starts like a fight where he is the strongest guy in the room. He's always yeah. working his way up, and he's always getting hurt. Um, yeah. There's like, is, he gets hurt, and then he like figures it out, and he yeah. like, learns like mid scene and you're like oh. he has one of the base like one of the best like ow i've been hurt faces like the way he like <laughs> shakes his hand and like yeah, like winces off. from the pain is brilliant it's because like, he's been hurt so many times like in real that's life that's true he knows it. it's you know like I mean? buster keaton charlie chaplin levels of just like brilliance yeah he's i don't know how pretentious that was coming out of my mouth Dwayne, dm me let me know <laughs> um, so true dude and then there's like these movies where like the accidental spy, the medallion. Yeah. Look at this bleeding steel. Oh, came out I know that. Twenty seventeen. <laughs> yeah. This poster. Look at that thing. Yep, that's it. That's. Oh man, Jackie Chan is the best. He's just a legend. He also voices Shang in the Chinese dub of Mulan, and sings "I'll Make a Man Out of You." Really? Yeah. There's a video on YouTube. If you look up no "I'll Make way. a Man Out of You," Jackie Chan, it's him singing it in Chinese. That's beautiful. Yeah, he's the Forbidden Kingdom. Oh, oh man! Yeah, yeah he's Drunken he's a master. He's There's a, I can't remember. So there was there was a time I can't find the movies. I've tried to look because I don't remember the names. Um, there was a few, and they were like English dubs. Mm. Um, because they weren't they were like Chinese movies that he made. They're so amazing. I don't remember them at all. Yeah, Other, like I've watched them except I know that they're funny. That's fair. And like, I, I can't remember enough to like look up scenes of them even. And I, if you even look at his like filmography, I can't like figure out which one it which is. Which one it is. He's, it's the funniest thing. Yeah. He's not only is he like brilliant and dedicated and a great martial artist, but he is ge- so funny. He's genuinely really yeah. funny. Um, and even like, if you look at like the Rush Hour movies, like him and Chris Rock's uh, chemistry yeah, is hilarious. Chris Tucker. You're right. Yes. I said that and yeah. I was like, I know that's the wrong name. Yeah. And I know I said it. They're both Chris's. And I'm, I'm like, I saw Chris Rock, but I was like, wait, that's not Chris Rock in that movie. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> um, I always forget I... Don Cheadle is in Rush Hour 2. He is? He is in Rush Hour It's been Hour so too. long since I've seen Rush Hour 2. Yeah, he like runs like a Dang. restaurant. And him and Jackie Chan bond over, they've like learned the same martial arts style. Have you seen Mr. Planet? Dr. Planet? Oh, uh, the Captain Planet short with Don Cheadle? Captain Planet with I, Don yeah, Cheadle. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Those are life-changing. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, man. Sorry, I just need to do this for numbers' sake. Um, we need to. <laughs> How many movies has Jackie Chan made? At least one twenty-seven. At least. At least. Why can't wow. it give me a better number? It just says at least. It's because he's it's in it's end counting. He's just he's he's just always <laughs> finishing true. a movie. Yeah. Dang man. I heard him say once it's and it's kind of sad. That he's like the he the reason he doesn't like making movies in America as much is because well he has more control when he's over when he's not making movies in America because he's basically running the production company and everything. Yeah. So all of his like greatest practical stunts are all like foreign. They're not domestic because they give him the time. Hollywood right. won't give him the time to do it. And even though he's still doing his work, you do notice that they cut around him more in U.S. films than they do in others. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
So he looks familiar. The Chinese Zodiac. You ever heard of that one? I don't think 2012 so. 2012 action comedy. Hey. I think I have seen that one. I need to go back. I was, when Shang-Chi was coming out, uh, I was showing my little sister like a bunch of Kung Fu movies that they were inspired by. And we mm-hmm. never finished the list. I'm so bummed we didn't. But like we watched like Police Story and some of his older um, movies. And yeah, dude's, dude's iconic. He is, yeah. Jackie Chan, irreplaceable legend. I don't think there will ever be anyone that like fills that role in all the places that he filled it. You know, yeah. like martial arts comedy, like director, like yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think the martial arts is probably the most like niche part of it. Like that's what I don't think people will ever like really measure up to because mm. it's not a focus for everyone. But yeah. You know, um, he's wild. Yeah, he did a fight scene in a movie where him and his opponent they had to keep themselves on a couch, like they couldn't, like they had to be touching the couch at all times, and like the whole fight they're like trying to knock each other out. So whoever knocks off loses, and they're like, "I got you," and they go, "Uh uh-uh, uh," and it's like their toe or something, <laughs> like on the cushion and stuff like that, and it's really fun and really that's funny. so amazing. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Take take note, DJ. True. Um, yeah, I can't wait till you're right next to him. Till the one. Rock starts directing his own movies. That would be it's gonna insane. happen. We know it's gonna happen. Let's I think face he it. already is. Yeah, like <laughs> the the Rock is in everything. Yeah, dude, I have a Fortnite skin of the Rock. Yeah, I have two Fortnite skins of the Rock actually, because he joined Fortnite Story, but then we also got a Black Adam skin. Nice. Like he he is such a legend yeah and he's in everything and i'm okay with it i for sure ship it like i'm i'm game he should start directing and then he should be in them i'll go i see all of his movies yeah like i've seen a surprisingly low amount of rock movies yeah which is sad and i need to just commit but skyscraper is also rampage one of san andreas is one of the movies that he has made (laughs) it's pretty cool yeah it does end with him with a samurai sword really in a room full of mirrors that's heavy pretty wild yeah <laughs> it's quite the movie Ooh, john wick four i can't out. wait for that one. Oh man that movie. those movies yeah so simple yeah you know what i mean yeah. those stories are like th- literally the 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 call to action heroic character film, probably boiled down to one sentence each yeah like the first movie guy kills dog he gets revenge yeah, he's like okay that's well, like kill all it of you. that's it yeah and then it literally like is pretty much over when he gets the revenge and it's not like this big thing it's no. like that's it and it's so great yeah <laughs> it's i can't wait for that fourth one yeah and they're doing a spinoff and a tv show really he's doing a spinoff called the ballerina which he'll still be in but it stars Ana de armas dang and then they're doing a show called The Continental, which is a prequel, which stars a young Ian McShane. It's like the like starting of like that whole underground society. Dang. Yeah. So we'll see. It's be crazy. I yeah. think it's a good franchise, and it's funny because like if you don't really care about the story, even though the story is so simple, all the movies are the same. Oh yeah. My wife was like, "They're making another." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. If you're yeah. following along, like, there's story. It's a big thing. They're they're getting bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Dang. Yeah, good well, stuff. Hey, you know, if there's no other movies on your mind and uh you got no other thoughts 
And if, or if you just want to keep recording, we can't, we can, we can make thoughts, but you know, I'll just give one more thing. I think more people need to watch the movie malignant. It's a horror movie. If you don't like horror movies, don't watch it. But, uh, it's the goofiest thing you'll ever see, but it's so rad. Really? Yeah. It's not for everybody, but it's commits to what it is. And I really respect it. As we were talking about. Yeah. Commit to what it is. We'll respect it. Even if we hate it. I watched the opening of it. My trial watching that movie is it started. I watched the opening scene and I turned to my friend and I said, I'm going to love this movie. This movie is going to (laughs) rock. And then as it kept going, I was like, I turned back to him and I was like, is this a bad movie? I think we're watching a bad movie. And then like midway through, like, like if it's like the first chunk, the back chunk and then the middle chunk, it's like the first half of the middle chunk. I was like, this is a bad movie. And then I started to realize what was going on. And so then in the back middle, I was like, oh, this is the best B movie ever made. And then in the third act, I was like fully on board. And I was like, I'm having the best time of my life. <laughs> and it ended. And I I don't think I've had a bigger smile on my face from a ride really? than that movie where I was just like, what a whirlwind that movie was. <laughs> um, That's amazing. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a fun weird horror movie it's james wan yeah so it's fine also on hbo max so Dang. watch chef and then watch malignant yeah it's a great double feature <laughs> so true dang i won't watch it because i hate horror that's but fair. that's fair you know i think uh it boils down to an important lesson that can be not easily and straightforwardly transferred to every aspect of your life but i think can be viewed at least in reflection commit yeah some people won't like it and i think that's okay some people may love it which is the risk that i think is that we we all can owe ourselves to taking mm-hmm. you know um because like i said like even with my creative endeavors of music like not everyone's gonna love my music but there are people who like like it you mm-hmm. know and i think that's that rewarding portion where like i'm doing what i feel is right and some people like it yeah might not be the crowd pleaser but you know, uh, you got to take the risk. Yeah, got to take the risk of and do what you want to do. I mean, I think that's important in life, and I think that's what we can leave people with. Yeah. At the end of the day, Jackie, Dwayne, audience, if you lead with sincerity, then you have nothing to worry about. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Dish Knows Nothing. Follow me on Instagram at Dishyman or email me at Dishyman at gmail.com. Hit me up with topics and questions that I can address on the show. Remember to rate and subscribe. It's truly appreciated. Take care and stay grinding.